everybody except everybody for Buffy, everybody in the Faith. world except for Buffy yeah would do it with Faith <laughs> well she is the one girl in all the world the one girl in all the world who would die unsatisfied sexually <laughs> <laughs> okay that's an outtake sad part is she's not the one girl in all the world who will die unsatisfied sexually she's in good company that Buffy is ladies <laughs> contact us for more <laughs> hello gentle listeners welcome to the Diogenes club podcast of buffy slayer of the vampires there are spoilers ahead and swears ahead so if those aren't your thing please start the podcast this time we'll be discussing buffy season two episode nine what's my line part one wherein we meet kendra slayer of the vampires uh, and season two episode 10 what's my line part two wherein buffy's only child syndrome makes an appearance for what will not be the last time <laughs> 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 uh, as always, I am Jen, and this is Snard. Michelle. Indeed. We are the sisters, tuck it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay. So. So. <laughs> there's something we missed in previous episodes uh, that occurred to me. Um, I think I was out smoking is when it happened. Yeah. Well, so that I'm, is that is like smoking, driving, and showering, and doing the dishes the are all thought. the best yeah. thinking times. It's when you get into flow. <laughs> yes, definitely. Apparently. And, um, so it's not the period kind. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be sad if you could only have revelations when you have your period? Well, you could time it, I guess. Well, yeah, but then like after menopause, you'd never have another good idea. <laughs> that, would <suck>. <laughs> that would mean that men never had good ideas. <laughs> well, color me shocked. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, we, we, love our, we love our men friends. We do. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know how uh, Spike referred to himself as daddy to Drew in Halloween? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we can uh, read some insecurity into that, um, which we'll see more of in this episode, uh, because Drew calls Angelus daddy, and uh, it seems like Spike is trying to be Angelus as much as he can. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and I mean, it's fair for Drew to refer to Angelus as daddy because he's her daddy. Yeah, he <laughs> is her actual Vamp- sire. Vampire daddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. While Spike is claiming that Angelus is his sire, it's more of a spirit sire. Grandsire. Yeah, grandsire. Or yeah, yeah. yes, grandsire. This is Yoda. Yeah, I'm, I buy the Yoda more than I buy the sire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and honestly, I mean, it's sort of, it's almost kind of condescending for Spike to have Drew call him, call call him daddy because she sired him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But you know, he is taking care of her. She is yes. uh, damseled. Yes, he's trying to reverse their their natural roles, mm-hmm. which will not go very well for him. Um, no, I'd not say. at all. <laughs> yes. Well, and also before we get very far, I just want to remind everybody that we are trying to get some uh, some reviews on our iTunes. Uh, and when we get up to 10, I will have a little reward for yes. you. I'm actually storyboarding. <laughs> <laughs> the reward? I, yes. Yes. I'm going to do Night in Bangkok, and I've actually been thinking of a really good way to do like a YouTube of it. Um, nice. Yeah. So if we can get 10 reviews, I will do that. If we get more than 10 reviews, uh, extra special stuff will happen. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. The more we get, the more musical little things I will give you. <laughs> and uh, I have no shame. No shame at all. So uh, Yes, you were once an actor. So I actor was, and yes. actors have no shame whatsoever. Was, yeah. And I am a karaoke demon. And <laughs> talk about no shame is, you know, a, a five foot tall white girl doing Coolio mm. at a karaoke bar. Um, <laughs> yes, I can yeah. see that. That's kind of my epitome. Uh, and also Gold Digger, I think, is also. Nice. You know, nice. I have no problem <laughs> saying the N-word in context of a song. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I can't totally do it. can. I have no problem. 
So. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if I'm singing, I don't. I well, you know, I don't see. I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I just, obviously, I, I don't just, say it yeah. in polite conversation. But yeah, I just. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will honestly admit, I, I, I can't, I can't do it. Oh. It's weird. It's yeah. a very strange block for me. But I can't. No, do I understand. It. I, f- I every time I do it, I feel like I should, I should stop and say <laughs> like should, brothers that you should cleanse yourself in the waters. Yeah, of Lake but I Minnetonka. mean, like she, ain't, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke. You gotta say it. See, I, I always censor and hop over those parts. Oh. Not that I ever do karaoke because i never will <laughs> because the amount of alcohol i would have to ingest would leave me in a coma <laughs> it takes me exactly nothing yeah well you were I an act you were an actor i was so yes <laughs> although the first time i did karaoke i was uh i i barely remember it mm. barely yes yes as 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 one probably should uh-huh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so that's just a reminder and i'm going to continue reminding until we get above that threshold <laughs> so um yeah and if we don't get above the threshold okay I'll be fair. If we don't get above that threshold within like what six or eight episodes, I'll just drop it and we'll find some other incentive. Because obviously, you just are not that interested in seeing me make a fool of myself. <laughs> seeing my sister humiliate herself. Yes, and you are missing <laughs> out. Oh, you're missing out. I, I can probably even get a backing band because I know some bands. So I'm just saying, like this could be spectacular. It should be quite the incentive. Yes, and so. Uh, yeah, it would be a drag and a bore and really such a pity, so to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get along with our with our show? Yes, let's get along, little doggy. Okay. Uh so uh <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Drew. <laughs> uh we open at Sunnydale High and learn that it is career week. Willow leads us in, signing up to take a vocational aptitude test, which is already underway for Buffy and Xander. Xander is insisting to one of his best friends as the other walks up that he is a people person who keeps his own company by default. <laughs> Xander. Although she's not going to notice because she's in pink and black. Yeah. And Buffy's. <laughs> oh, Buffy's not. Buffy's yeah. completely checked out of she this is, whole thing. Like, she's alone with company, too. <laughs> but, she's pulling a Cordelia <laughs> yes. right now. Yes. And she'll actually <laughs> lay that out later. But um, I mean, but to Xander, you have two best friends. Two of them. Yes. And also, the most popular girl in school has the hots for you, as you should have noticed in the last episode. And a dude kind of needs to, to stop with yeah. this. Uh, the last time we saw him alone was in Prophecy Girl, when he took his phone off the hook so Willow couldn't call him. <laughs> but of course, as we'll see, Buffy is also, as you said, out of sorts. And so it's no surprise that her heart is as well. So the metaphor is already clicking in at the very beginning of the episode, which is very interesting. Oh, yes. Well, and Xander, at this point in his character development... Um, can kind of be signed up by the Tori Amos quote, our generation loves our pain and we will kill anyone who tries to take it away from us. True. Um, so yeah, he's really embracing that. He insists aspect. that he is a loner, even though he has friends oh, coming yeah. out of his ass. Well, he wants to be a loner because he thinks it's cool. Right. You know, he's still searching for his cool thing. And, and we really won't resolve this part of Xander until the Zeppo. Zeppo, yes. Yeah. Interestingly, I will make a reference to the Zeppo later. Excellent. <laughs> yes. I reached. It's not really in the episode. <laughs> we just love the Zeppo. <laughs> we kind of do. It's like up there with once more with feeling for me. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It, yeah. Uh, so uh, Xander isn't enjoying the test at all, saying it's ridiculous to think that a standardized test could determine what uh, they might be doing for the rest of their lives. And I'll give him that one. Yeah. Uh, but But Xander doesn't seem to have a lot of aspirations right now. So an idea or two might not be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and Willow, of course, as one would expect, is very excited. Uh, <laughs> Xander enjoys being young and stupid, but Willow insists that he won't always be young, and he says he'll always be stupid. Walking right into the brick wall of his own joke, he gets insulted. 
<laughs> he gets insulted that nobody is telling him he isn't stupid, and Buffy's like, okay, fine, you're not stupid. Happy now? <laughs> Buffy is clearly not feeling the vocational attitude test either, um, which she's expressing in her sullen, pouty, bottle-everything-up-Buffy way. Uh, yeah, Cordelia, it might come out at someone later. It might. Hmm. Maybe many people. Yes. <laughs> Cordelia is taking the test as well, much to the enjoyment of her cronies, and hoping to help her fellow man as long as he is socially acceptable. She is also wearing black and pink. So we have a little... Uh, little shadow. Yeah, little yeah. shadow going on. But it's like a cooperative shadow. It is. It is it not is. the exact shadow because we have that in Drew. Absolutely, we do. So yeah, it's a it's a cooperative shadow. She's kind of blending she, she more into the Scooby. Definitely coming right into the Scooby. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, even expressing sentiments that I'm pretty sure uh, Buffy would say as well. And Buffy will be acting so much like Cordelia oh, later on. Yeah. <laughs> worse, actually, worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Xander, having not punished himself quite enough in this episode, decides to engage in the in verbal fisticuffs, and predictably, <laughs> Cordelia zings him. <laughs> Twice and leaves, and Xander considers murder. <laughs> I don't know why he does this. She hands him his ass every time. Well, he likes it. I know he loves hit, it. Hit me again. Hit me again. <laughs> she pulls on his pigtails. <laughs> Buffy's wondering if uh, she likes shrubs, and Willow is pro shrub because, of course, she is. Uh, <laughs> Buffy doesn't know why she's bothering with the test since she knows what she's going to be when she grows up. She's already been saddled with the world's most dangerous hobby, and unsaid here is that it's. It's very, very, very likely that she won't ever grow up since she's already died once. Uh, Buffy says she's only taking the test because Principal F- Snyder is forcing everyone to. And and wait, did Snyder do something good? I think he just did something yeah, good. I, I mean, think it's not he bad. Did. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's actually something that's coming not from a desire to punish Buffy, but a desire to help Buffy in mm-hmm. his misguided Snyder way. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's very but, strange. You know, it, it comes across as it's like. I, I think even he might convince himself it's a punishment. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's very, he's, he's thinking, haha, I've got her now. Yeah. But it's not a bad thing he's doing. No, definitely not. You know, having high school kids figure out what they want to maybe go into, mm-hmm. not bad. Yeah, have a career week. <laughs> yeah. He needs um, to reevaluate what he's doing because he actually did a good thing. Yeah, he, he <laughs> needs to also screen the representatives coming to the school. No shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, so, uh, I, I, as I said, I, I don't see any harm in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy will have to earn money somehow since slang doesn't pay anything, uh, which uh, we won't get into right now, though I will mention the Dodgers Club podcast's general opinion of this is that it's complete and utter bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that the Slayer does not get paid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the watchers all get paid. Exactly. Why can't they find a stipend <laughs> for the Slayer? Take a little away from the watchers because like, they all have jobs. Come on now. There's only one. Yeah. There's only one fucking Slayer. Seriously. That's like one paycheck. Yeah. Like, come on. It's, <laughs> I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Like, especially when you see the resources later that the watchers have at their disposal. Yes. I mean, just... Okay, for example, the cruciamentum, uh-huh. the upkeep that had to cost of the like, vampire. That has to cost like a hundred grand a year just to maintain yeah. the vampire. Yeah, just yeah. to maintain the vampire and transport the vampire because you know <laughs> it's being done like under the table. They probably have a private jet. They could spend a third of like okay, this is Sunnydale. They could spend a quarter of that on Buffy. Oh, give Buffy like ten grand for shoes. She's perfectly happy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like twenty three grand, and I'm pretty sure she could rent a really nice place in Sunnydale. I think so because Faith is scraping by on like five bucks a week. So yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> hell, here here in Salt Lake, like if you're if you're willing to live a little bit on the cheap, twenty five thousand dollars a year is is pretty good for if one you're person. Single, yeah, yeah, for, for one, one person, person. Uh-huh. And, and just kind of like starting out. I mean, 
once you want to graduate to like Crate and Barrel from IKEA, you start to run into an issue. But or if you, I mean, if you're okay with having roommates, and you've got more than enough money, I would think. Yeah, totally. Um, I got been, roommates here. It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm very old. <laughs> you're not that old. So okay, we we did get into that more than we thought we would. But yeah, but, well, <laughs> but no, it's also, true. I mean. Before we move on, mm-hmm. I want to address the line that oh, Buffy yes. says. Yes. Because she actually predicts the outcome of the show. <laughs> she predicts the two things that have to happen before the show can end. Yes. Um, so she says, unless hell freezes over and every vamp in Sunnydale puts in for early retirement, my f- uh, I'd say my future is a non-issue. Mm-hmm. So basically, so f- hell freezes over later. We'll discuss that. But there is a, a very distinct moment <laughs> yes. pointed out by uh, by the mominator. Yes. Our mominator. Um, and then every vamp in Sunnydale. Not every vamp in the world, mind you. Just every vamp in mm-hmm. Sunnydale. Yes. Um, and they do when we turn Sunnydale into a non-issue itself. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so pretty much Buffy has just described what's going to have to happen before the she show is over. Absolutely. Ta-da! She has. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're thinking that perhaps there was a slow-moving vengeance demon nearby. Yeah. <laughs> Heard I'm, that. I'm was still like, thinking to Hoffren. I love to Hoffren. Yeah. <laughs> I adore to Hoffren, so I'm totally oh, fine yeah. with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> he seems wily enough to be like, all right. Yeah. Cool. Totally. Why not? Well, and, you know, I, okay. I don't see why Buffy shouldn't take the test and work towards something. I mean, if she gets killed before she gets whatever career she wants, that happens to a lot of people, you know? Yes, but see, if her heart is living in the place of not wanting to have right. its pain taken away, obviously <laughs> Buffy is too. Right. Buffy is doing her wallowing thing. Yeah, and she has to be fine. a victim to her circumstances, <laughs> particularly does. right before she becomes a major victim to her circumstances, <laughs> right. like for legit. She's got to practice. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> this is the dress rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's true. And as much as I, I wish Buffy would embrace like the idea, at least, that there's something else out there. I mean, but honestly, <laughs> the only thing she likes about being being the Slayer is being the Slayer. So yeah, well, and, <laughs> so and Angel, see. and Angel, and Angel. Yeah. Um. So uh, <laughs> so Willow uh, asks why she doesn't at least um, want to know what kind of co- cool career she could have had. And wow, easy on the phrasing, Willow. Buffy's not <laughs> dead yet, or not. <laughs> Anymore. She's between deaths, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm not, I feel fine. Um, so <laughs> the look on Buffy's face during this part tells me she's sort of pondering punching Willow in the face. <laughs> yeah, and, she has a reason to be mad at everybody so far. Yes, absolutely. And and uh, she's, she doesn't want to bother the job thing at all. And Xander recommends the DMV with that attitude. And <laughs> I have to say, she would have daytime hours and benefits. It's very true. But I'm very much more practical about jobs than most people. So... <laughs> And well, you're Buffy. a Gemini. Geminis <laughs> tend to be a lot more practical about jobs. Yeah, half of us, right? Yeah. Um, so Buffy <laughs> apologizes, but insists there's no point to any of this. And, and that's when she has her, her future as a non-issue uh, discussion. Um, and uh, I'm more and more convinced in this scene that what Buffy is really trying to tell her friends without coming right out and telling them is that she's sure she's going to die. Oh, yeah. Well, and that would make you angsty. Like, we're kind of having a revival of when she was bad. Absolutely. Um, and they are also having a revival of their denial. Yes. And I, I yeah. think that explains a lot of Buffy's mopey behavior, um, both now and throughout the rest of the, most of the episode, um, is that the thing she's grappling with is not um, what the show tells us uh, explicitly that it is, that she will never have a job. Um, it's the subtext of, I will never have a job because I will be dead before I can get one. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of, so it's sort of like taking somebody who, say, has like, uh, stage three brain cancer in like high Ford? school. Yeah. yeah. 
and saying, oh, yeah, take this take this career test. You know, yeah. I had I had a friend who stopped going to movies, not because he didn't like movies, but because he was really depressed by the previews that of movies he probably wouldn't be able to see. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and, yeah. I can, I can and totally he didn't make it to see a lot of them. So. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's absolutely what the show is secretly telling us that Buffy is feeling right now. Mm hmm. And uh, and hey, we see some tarot cards and Dracula and Spike, and this Yay. is very exciting. Uh, <laughs> a helpful nerdy vamp named Dalton is trying to translate a book for Spike. And, and how much do I love Dalton? Dalton's pretty awesome. I love Dalton, <laughs> and it's tricky. Uh, and all they can come up with is debase the beef canoe. And and yes, um, <laughs> if you just look at the words at face value, that's what "depremere ile bubolo linter" means. But Although it's more like debase that beef canoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but only if you totally ignore um, declensions or, or Latin grammar. Um, for that sentence to actually say that uh, bubulinter would have to be in the accusative case, which means the object of a sentence, uh, which would make it uh, diplomere ile uh, bubulam lintrum, uh, which at least I think that's it would. Basically, these two are not doing very well, and neither am I, because Latin is fucking hard. Um <laughs> So <laughs> Spike uh, Spike does what I frequently wanted to do when my Latin professors said we couldn't use a dictionary during our tests and punches Dalton in the face. <laughs> 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 and uh, Spike will be my own personal id until Faith gets here, apparently. Thank you, Spike. Um, <laughs> Drew wants Spike to come and dance. And Spike totally snaps at her that he's working. And Sard, mm -hmm. you picked up a little bit of uh, perhaps Drusilla's insecurity oh, here. Oh, this is total jealousy because yeah. Spike... Like Spike is so obsessed with this thing, and then he goes off. Mm -hmm. She's not involved until he goes off on a little rant about the Slayer. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he starts to rant about the Slayer, she says, "Oh, come dance!" And then he snaps at her, and she mopes. And she doesn't just mope, but she becomes very weak. Yes. And she says the line, I'll, "I have to go change Miss Edith." Mm -hmm. Now, in my mind, and I'll bring this up later, Miss Edith represents an aspect of herself that is echoed in Buffy. She's kind of like a voodoo doll. Um, because we also mentioned Miss Edith, spe Miss Edith speaks out of turn and she'll have no cakes today. <laughs> yeah, no earlier, cakes. right after <laughs> Buffy was pretty bitchy to Angel. Yeah, no Angel cakes, I believe. Angel cakes, yes, <laughs> Angel cakes. Um, so that line kind of stands out. It means something. Mm -hmm. I can't put my finger on it, but it definitely means uh, something about herself. I think she wants to get better. Yeah, and, it's, it sure. is, and of course at this point with the metaphors, it's tricky to separate Drew and Buffy when we're in metaphor land, because they are shadow cells for each other. Yeah. Um, so Drew could be talking about either of them or both of them at any time. I mean, it's Drusilla. She could mm -hmm. be talking about anything. Oh, yeah. Because she's cray, but whatever she says she, means she is, something. She is cray, but yeah. she is scary truth cray. Yeah, she totally is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and she also, um, so we have a symbol here. We haven't seen her with a black shawl yet. So she mm -hmm. has a black shawl draped over her. This becomes more wrapped around her as she gets sicker. And then we start getting the bruises. Once the bruises happen, yes. then it goes away. Um, so we're seeing the sickness envelop her. And I also noticed that she gets weaker the more Spike is obsessed with Buffy. Mm -hmm. So she is a psychic vampire. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> and we'll uh. see Buffy weakening as well throughout the episode. It's very yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. They go hand in hand, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> That'd be cute. <laughs> yeah. Aw, they could skip about and be bitches. Oh. I think they could get along if it wasn't for the whole mortal enemies thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. The mortal enemies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, the mortal enemies. Yes. <laughs> Coming to a fish tank near you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, of, of course, um, 
<laughs> uh, in response to Spike snapping, Drew does the sad little whining thing uh, that we've seen before, and Spike, again, melts into a Spike puddle. Um, he apologizes <laughs> to his kitten. Uh, he explains that he's frustrated because the manuscript they're working on is supposed to have her cure in it, and it's all beef canoes and other unhelpful things. Um, <laughs> Drew isn't feeling well, of course, and, and holds her head, saying she has to go change Miss Edith, which Snark mentioned, uh, and it, it almost falls over. Spike catches her and, and says how hard it is for him to see her so weak. Uh, he knows time is getting short for Drew, but it's hard for him to get her uh, what she needs because Buffy is always screwing things up by not just dying like she should. And, you know, Slayers are kind of weird like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't die when you want them to. <laughs> they kiss, and it's really cute. And Drew goes back to her cards while Spike goes back to Dalton in the Latin. And she expresses so much faith in him. Yes. Like, you'll fix it. Yep. And I, I think she's actually saying that with confidence that mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Absolutely. Because yeah. she would know. Yeah. She's not saying, <laughs> I know you will. Like, it's a sweet thing. She's like, oh, no, you got this. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be fine. I mean, seriously, she would now, like, yeah. literally. <laughs> Dalton has figured out that it looks like Latin, but it isn't. And seriously, even I could have told him that because <laughs> of the declensions and the beef canoe. Uh, and he's not even sure it's a language. Uh, Spike tells him to just get on with it already and find a cure and threatens him with pain. And Drew stops him. And I love how Spike can be in a rage like he is uh, here or like he was in uh, with Ford and lie to me. And all Drew has to do is raise a finger and he stops and listens to her. Uh, he does punch Dalton in the gut, though, and Dalton kind of deserved that one because obviously the book is saying something in some kind of language. It's just a matter of figuring out what it is. I mean, they're not going to write a book that's just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it says something in there. Uh, Drew says that Dalton can't help Spike because they need the key. Uh, Spike says if the book is in asks if the book is in code, and Drew says it is. Dalton is nodding like he knew that. <laughs> a for effort, Dalton. Um, <laughs> and uh, Drew points at a card, and uh, Snart, you said this is not so much a tarot card. No, no. There's, there's. Oh. A, so when we see the long shot, there are definite tarot cards I recognize, mm-hmm. like the Five of Swords. I see the Two of Pentacles, and I see a couple things that I recognize uh, from the Rider Waite. So they have replicated a lot of the Rider Waite tarot. So we um, so we kind of have a theory about this. Yeah, we, we do. We think that Drew can manifest cards. Yeah, I think she. And then I, we never see the tarot cards without Drew. Yeah. So it's almost like it's a glamour. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, and the, I, I mean, and because the glamour is like this looks like the mausoleum. This is the mausoleum yeah. that the oh, it totally the does. Dalton and there's no to. numbers on it. Right. Hallmark of a tarot card numbers. There's at least numbers, if not a title. Yeah. There's so, something on it. So, so. even extremely weak. Drew is extremely scary. She definitely is. <laughs> and as a sidebar, Jane Espenson knew nothing about tarot cards. I think it was her or Marty Noxon. Um, I don't know. One of the two. So they just kind of said, make a tarot card look like this. Uh, so they, <laughs> so they, they were able to, I mean, that's yeah. what Drew, that's what having Drew do is manifest tarot cards yeah, to exactly. suit her needs. And that's what they're, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. She can do that. Yeah. So it, it works on both levels for me. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I do appreciate the writer moxie of just like, yeah, fuck it. Tarot yeah. cards, something, <laughs> make it look right. Yeah. And, and they do. It threw me off. I actually had to really <laughs> stop and look at these and say, that ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a combination of real tarot cards that Drew's looking at and also her projecting what she already knows into onto tarot cards so she doesn't have to rely on her weird ethereal vocabulary Mm -hmm. and she can just say it's this thing yeah and it's a good shortcut for storytelling absolutely uh so um spike asks if that is where the key is and drew says it is and looks just like the mausoleum so of course uh spike's happy he'll send his minions uh drew is also happy and convinces spike to dance with her he says he'll dance with her on the slayer's grave and picks her up and swings her around and it's cute. It is. I mean, cute. yeah, I, they're I mean they're they're evil and soulless and they want to kill Buffy, but they're so cute together. <laughs> I, I always play that creepy little music box yeah. you know, know. tune <laughs> that's always so sweet too. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's adorable. Yeah. Uh, uh, plus, uh, the picking up thing will be nicely bookended at the end of the two parter. Um, oh yeah. 
Buffy is in the cemetery, and I, I absolutely love her striped pants. It's oh, yeah. the, pin, the pinstripes. Well, I'm a sucker we, for pinstripes. I love pinstripes. And we cut from Drew wearing all white to Buffy wearing all black. Indeed. With a little bit of white in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she hears hammering coming from inside a mausoleum and investigates. She spots Dalton <laughs> uh, with, a, with a hammer and chisel. She closes the door, <laughs> walks a few feet from the mausoleum, crosses her arms, and waits. <laughs> so cool i love when buffy is i give zero fucks buffy yeah me too. <laughs> when dalton comes out buffy chastises him for disturbing the actual dead and another vamp comes up behind her she beats him rather soundly but dalton has escaped at the summer's home angel is pacing around buffy's bedroom as she climbs back in through her window and holy crap is he tall he's really he's huge he's huge yeah. like you don't notice how big david boreanaz is until he's, he's in guy. a space we're used to seeing yeah and, and so they shoot from a little bit lower, so he looks even bigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wearing his velvet blazer. Yes. <laughs> uh, she returns a few episodes worth of scaring the crap out of him favors, and he turns, <laughs> <laughs> clutching Mr. Gordo. All the startling of the Slayer has not gone unnoticed either, as she tells him, now, now you know how it, what it feels like, stealth guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Buffy. <laughs> Angel is still snuggling with Mr. Gordo, and Buffy asks if he's enjoying the quality time. In a, in a nice couple of touches, we see her, as if it, as her routine is, obviously, uh, would drop her slaying bag into her trunk with her other supplies and return a couple of uh, other things to her drawer of badass slayer gear. And I love when we get a glimpse into these familiar routines of characters. It adds so much rich- richness to the character. Yeah, like this, does. every night, Buffy comes in through her window. She dumps the bag. She stuff, puts the stuff in her drawer. She gets ready for bed. That's her thing. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, she says that her mom is out of town until Thursday buying art, so he doesn't have to worry about being quiet, and he wonders why she climbed in her window then. And that's just how Slayers do shit, Angel. Don't question it. She looks so dismayed. I know she does. And she should have been like, I'm a Slayer. It's what we do. I know. She's like, oh, I know. have it. I know. <laughs> Be confident, Buffy. Come on, girl. Um. He says that he had a bad feeling and was worried. Buffy realizes that her completely awesome pinstripe pants might actually be some kind of bitch pants and apologizes him <laughs> <laughs> and apologizes for being tough on him. She says she's been wearing bitch pants all day and that it isn't him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he wants to know what's wrong and she says there's a thing at school and he already knows about career week because he lurks. And Angel... <laughs> I know stalking is vampire nature, but that's that's really stalkery, man. I like his face after he says, it's the same kind of dismay that Buffy has when she says, oh, it's habit. He says, I lurk. And then he gets this like, ugh. (laughs) And in in response, her look is like, huh, well, okay. Yeah. Why are you lurking around a school? I mean, of course, he does have that whole like Xander gets to live Buffy's life and be in her world. So I can kind of understand um, you know, like wandering the school a little bit after Buffy's left, after everyone's left at night. Sure. You know, just to kind of get a feel for what Buffy's life is like. It's like sure. when you start listening to someone's favorite band. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In a vampire way, in a stalking kind of yeah. vampire I way. Because it's vampires have a weird sense of what's creepy. They like they tell everybody they can smell them, which is <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's really gross. Well, and also he, I think it's interesting that he was holding the stuffed animal, Mr. Gordo. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a humorous touch, but it's reminiscent of um, Joyce's insistence on holding fluffy <laughs> things for Buffy a it's little true. bit. Well, and he will yeah. refer to her childhood in a second. Yes, so. he will. So we're we're setting the stage for yeah. that a little bit, but it's actually in a sweet way. And also, he's wearing the velvet coat, mm-hmm. the velvet coat of snuggles. <laughs> <laughs> in contrast to her bitch pants. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so she drops the episode title in reference for our <laughs> uh, in reference for our gentle listeners who may not know. Um, 
there, there's a game show in the olden days of television called What's My Line, in which a guest would come in and a panel would ask various questions, trying to guess what their line or line of work happened to be. The mystery guest would occasionally be a famous person, and the panel would naturally be blindfolded, and the celebrities would disguise their voices, much to the delight of the studio audience, who would, could totally see the celebrity at the time. Um, <laughs> this is where, in a fun bit of trivia, the question, is it bigger than a bread box, was made popular by Steve Allen, uh, who is a brilliant man. Um, and that exact question will be really, really funny in a later episode of this show. <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few episodes of What's My Line on YouTube, and they're a lot of fun. I highly recommend um anyway anyway <laughs> buffy is bummed that she doesn't get to play what's my line since her line of work has already either been decided or going to be very very short uh depending on the read you're getting from buffy in this episode uh she looks in the mirror seeing the absence of his reflection and i think reminding herself again that she's so far from the normal girl she wants to be yeah totally it's it's the alone in company yeah thing yeah and she otherwise we wouldn't cut to it we don't normally have this view of buffy yeah and Angel being gone. Yeah. Uh, so she spells it out for him pretty much like that. She wants a normal life like she had before. Uh, he takes some offense at that, thinking she means before him, but she clarifies that it's, it's not him. She says he's pretty much the one good freaky thing that's happened to her and the rest is crap. And here we go. This is what Xander was doing. Because uh, we're going to point out, you know, except for Giles and Willow and Xander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why, you know, this, this was Xander's behavior because he's the heart. Mm-hmm. He's her heart. He was feeling like that, and then we find out that Buffy was too. Oh, yeah. But how sweet is this couple? It's, I've kind it's of cute. cast it over. You know, I've just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're together, blah, blah. But, like, actually watching them interact. Yeah, it, it's cute it in this one. And it continues on, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. And, and Angel reminds her of reality again, and Buffy actually <laughs> actually manages to joke about their age difference and his being, you know, a vampire. And, and that's huge progress for them. Yeah. They're, they're actually... And he even laughs at the joke. <laughs> he instead does. of going, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he notices a picture of her ice skating uh, when she was just a tiny thing and asks if uh, that was part of the normal life she misses. Buffy says she desperately wanted to be Dorothy Hamill. And I've actually heard criticism of this because Dorothy Hamill won her gold medals in figure skating in the mid-70s. But as late as 1993, she was tied with Mary Lou Retton as the most popular athlete, surpassing, surpassing folks like Michael Jordan and Joe Montana. And uh, she has continued uh, to be in ice shows, of which... Those of us who we all watch the show, we know Buffy is a big fan um, <laughs> of ice shows. <laughs> so this completely makes sense to me. Dorothy uh, or uh, Dorothy Hamill was a big deal to girls uh, who were, you know, in my age bracket. And Buffy and I are just about the same age. Um, so the straight girls were all about Dorothy Hamill when I was growing up. This does not seem weird to me at all. Yeah, me either. It never <laughs> even crossed my mind. And, you know. I was surprised when I heard the criticism. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Of course you yeah. love Dorothy Well, you don't have to be a contemporary to be someone to idolize. Like, if I said, oh, I idolized Catherine Hepburn, that's why I went into acting, no right. one's going to be like, oh, well, she wasn't acting in the 80s. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, it's silly. <laughs> Media is available to everybody. And, I mean, all the eye shows. Yeah. Buffy would have seen her how many times? Oh, yeah, totally. Well, Once a year, at least. she can relate to more because there's actually older footage. There's more footage. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas, like, Laksana Bayul, um, for example, I hope I'm saying your name right, uh, you know, she was a contemporary at the time, but she's kind of fallen off the grid a little bit, Mm -hmm. and she was only around really for the Olympics, um, as far as I remember. Of course, we don't follow skating, so she might be super duper Yeah, that's true. But, like, (laughs) if you're looking for a gimme name that's definitely going to stand out in the ice skating world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally made sense to me. I did not think it was weird at all. Uh, Buffy says that her parents were fighting all the time, and Buffy, this means you it wasn't the Slayer thing, so you can stop feeling guilty about that. And ice skating was her escape. Uh, Angel asks when she went skating the last time, and I think she's saying it was pretty much right before she got called, or right around that time. Yeah. 
Uh, Angel says he wants to take her to a local rink that's closed on Tuesdays, which would be tomorrow. They're being all cute, uh, just like their vampire shadow couple. Um, and I, okay, like you said, this scene is pretty adorable and shows Angel and Buffy actually connecting emotionally and communicating, which has been a huge problem for them in the past and will be a huge problem in the future. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I totally dig it. Yeah, and they reassure each other. They take take minor offense, reassure each other, mm-hmm. accept the reassurance. Yep. It's, this is a couple. They're a couple. Right. I mean, Who and, really care. And we, I mean, we know it's not going to work. It's never going to work. And you all, you all know, because I've said it a million times, that, that my ship is either Buffy happily single or Buffy and Faith. But yeah. you can really... <laughs> my ship is totally Angel and Spike. Right, exactly. So <laughs> this isn't even our ship, right? But this yeah. is super cute. And you can really see the connection here. It's beautifully written, beautifully acted. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, so I think of um, Buffy and Angel like me and my first boyfriend, Robert. Robert, yeah. Yeah. So, Robert, his name is Robert B. Aldrich. He's an amazing writer. You should look him up. Um, and, you know, he's always going to cons and stuff. But, yeah, he and I were were really, really into each other for, you know, what was an eternity in high school. So, like, what, three months? Um, but We stayed friends for a long time after, Oh, yeah, too. we're still friends. Yeah. Like, we still talk. We still, you know, we're Facebook friends. I wish him nothing but the best. I have nothing but good feelings for him. And he and I had a very sweet relationship like this. Um, like so the stars in your that, eyes kind yeah, of totally and yeah. i still have that feeling for him he is someone he's a soulmate i need him in my life right i will be less if when he's gone or if he ever goes away um but it you know i'm supposed to be with alex right it was just never <laughs> yeah it's it's a thing that was i'm, I'm sure wonderful at the time but just mm-hmm. was never it had never yeah. ever had the staying power yeah, absolutely yeah. but that's why we had to get together too in that way right um you know anyway so i think of this kind of like that i'm sure everyone has a relationship similar um, that they can kind of relate to, even if it was just a friendship or something. I'm watching your eyebrows do the dance. I don't think I have one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rest of us. <laughs> I think you had to date before you were 19 in order for it to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Gentle listeners, let us know. Um, do, do. <laughs> yeah, tell, do. tell us your, your angel and Buffy uh, relationship yeah. stories. And if, if you, we, we'd be more than happy to do dramatic readings. We don't have to use your name. Hell yeah. Yeah. All totally about dramatic yeah. readings. I would love to discuss this because I think that's part of the appeal of Buffy. Particularly Absolutely. this early Buffy. The nostalgia of, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the, yeah, the high school romance, the one that got away, sort of a, but you knew it was never going to happen. Kind oh, yeah. Of thing. Well, and then the heartache yeah. of that relationship, your first heartbreak is so devastating. I mean, not saying the other ones can't be just as devastating, but the first time you feel right. that pain, the first time you have that, like, you wake up the next day and realize that it's still true. That part I remember. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I remember that part. I didn't um, have the happy part of the relationship, but I had the end part. Yeah. And the, yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, there's something so vivid about these experiences, and I think that's why they carry through. So yeah, if you want to share yours with us, um, we would love to. Absolutely. We'd love to share that, and we can use a handle or we can be anonymous. Uh, you can change the names. Like we're not gonna know. I'm not oh, gonna yeah, like. We, I'm not gonna go through your Facebook or just and try and just a out. note on the top. I want to be anonymous. Yeah. We'll, I happily ignore your name. Yeah, not a problem. Absolutely. We're not so. gonna we're not gonna force anybody to be public about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, no. God knows. <laughs> Snart had to talk to me like five hours off the ledge about having my name out here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, totally did. Uh, <laughs> Haven't you heard of the internet? It's horrible out there. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing. So no, if you want to be anonymous, we are not going to out you at all. Yeah, well, and you know me. I police things. Um, yes. You know, I haven't had much of a chance because y'all aren't commenting. I'm not that scary. You're naughty. Yeah. <laughs> but if you ever do, like, I really am going to make sure this is a safe place mm-hmm. and a safe space to be in. Um, we, we are all gentlemen here. We are. 
of all genders. Yes. We will be gentlemen or we will be deleted. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Give me gentlemen or give me delete. Yes. Um, we we yeah. will later in the episode we'll get into how rudeness affects us. <laughs> It's an allergy. <laughs> flames. It is. Flames um, on the side of my face. I would say we, we both um, prescribe to the Hannibal Lecter uh, <laughs> <laughs> feelings about, about rudeness, which is yes. eat the rude. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. I will be the eater of the rude on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I just, I, I definitely resonate with this um, between the two of them. I think they both need each other. They need each other to exist. Mm-hmm. They need to have the memories of these times where it was so good. Um, yeah, but yeah, ultimately this is not their not destination. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and we'll get into this, um, later in the episode, I, I think it also way, you know, later as this, as the series goes on, they don't make each other stronger. Angel yeah. does not damsel Buffy, but she gets weaker. Mm-hmm. And well, if he made her stronger, she wouldn't kick him out of Sunnydale when she needs help. Right. Which right. she does. She kicks she him does. out of Sunnydale even after her mom dies. <laughs> yes. She says, you know, he says, I'll be here as long as you need. She says, how about forever? And then she says, you need to go. Right. Because if he stayed forever, she would never grow up. Right. Absolutely. And she knows she needs to grow up and she knows she needs to learn how to be strong, even though she does a terrible job of it for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> for a few seasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she still makes him leave. And even though he would have moved right back. Yes, yeah, He would have moved back. He would have paid that mortgage. He would have mm-hmm. taken care of everything. Absolutely. To be for her, to be there for her. Yeah, um, but they, they just don't, they don't strengthen each other. Yeah, and they need each other in the world. Yeah, and, and they and don't we'll, enhance anything. We'll see that with every one of Buffy's love interests, but one. <laughs> yeah, and we will, we will go into it ad nauseum. Absolutely. So. <laughs> you guys are going to be so sick of me saying the word faith. <laughs> You're going to freak. Faith, faith, faith. So, <laughs> back to the show. Uh, yes. At school, apparently the results of everyone's vocational aptitude tests are posted for the entire student body to see. And that sounds more like Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Cordy and Xander are looking at their results together. Hmm. Uh, Cordy sco- scored either a personal shopper or made a motivational speaker. And we'll see more of both of those on Angel the Series. <laughs> <laughs> Xander, of course, insults her. So she looks up his results, starts giggling, smooths down the paper, giggles some more and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and good for her because she was excited to share her results with him, like legitimately excited. And he was being a dick. Yes. Xander uh, feverishly looks up what he got, <laughs> as one would after that sort of reaction. Uh, Willow, the fluffy little spirit, uh, in a huge contrast to Willow, the badass spirit from last week, uh, is over the moon about Buffy's skating date with Angel. Buffy says she's in full see-no-evil mode, and yes, she means something else, but boy, is she. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see that later. Uh, Buffy also references two worlds colliding, meaning Angel and ice skating, but there will be all kinds of worlds colliding pretty heavily in all different directions in this episode. <laughs> Xander comes up and asks if prison guard is an appropriate job for him. And <laughs> <laughs> well, judging by those stripy pants, yeah, no Xander. shit. Well, and okay, so I'm a big fan of of Roseanne, um, the, both the '80s and '90s TV show, and the person, and it's also where Joss Whedon cut his teeth as a writer. So I'm doing this from memory, but there's a scene where a friend of the family asks Roseanne if he he should apply for a job at a prison that's going to be built nearby, and he says, "Can you picture me as a guard?" And Roseanne says, "I can picture you as a hostage." Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure why I thought of that. <laughs> anyway, Buffy and Willow try to hide their extreme amusement. And no, there's nothing wrong at all with being a prison guard. 
there, there are a lot of very brave folks who work in prisons every day, and thank God for them, because we would all be so screwed if prisoners were not guarded. I actually uh, train, martial arts train, with several prison guards. They're awesome people. Yeah. They're really brave they fuckers. Yes. I mean, seriously. They are. One of them weighs, <laughs> she's, a, she's a chick, she weighs like half of me. Especially and women who work in prisons. Yeah. Because holy she shit. Mop <laughs> the floor with like six foot four guys that weigh 300 pounds. And that's awesome. Like, yeah. She's yeah. incredible. Is she single? Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she is in your age. Does she like girls? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Girl, hit me up. Uh, so, I have to say, I think this does indicate a bit of elitism from Willow and Buffy. Oh, yeah. Um, which is made pretty obvious because the re- reaction is exactly the same as Cordelia's. I mean, we'll, we'll see their complete inability to relate to folks who don't come, up from, come from the middle and upper classes later in the show. However, in their defense, I can picture you as a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy's having an easier time picturing Xander as a crossing guard and also points out that as a prison guard, he'd at least be on the right side of the bars. It's true. And he does get a bit of a taste of this with the potentials he does bit of a I, warden I, I think the aptitude test was not wrong no i don't think it's wrong either <laughs> not even a little i mean he finds his own career which is great but it would have been a good one for him i think yeah i mean he's definitely. been wrangling slayers for how freaking long yeah <laughs> i mean if, if watcher was on the aptitude test he'd be there yeah it's true except for the reading part and any kind of math yeah <laughs> well he might he might have his roving eye Removed at some point. <laughs> Be able to focus a little bit more. Uh... That's, that was the eye that can't do math. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he... he... <laughs> oh we are terrible people. <laughs> hey, the show's the one that popped that out of there, man. <laughs> it's more of a squishing. It's squish- yeah. It is a squishing, yeah. yes. Um, Xander tells Buffy uh, that she has been assigned to investigate law enforcement. And, okay, <laughs> I've said this a lot, but... Buffy would rock law enforcement. All Slayers would be amazing cops because they are already the cops of demons and vampires. Oh, yeah. Well, and people because they're always like, oh, that person's up to no good. Exactly. Yeah. But Buffy, of course, is horrified. Uh, Xander (laughs) associates. It's a girly profession. (laughs) And I don't understand that either. Buffy has a really strange view of femininity. Um, There are a lot of cops who are extremely feminine. And just because oh, they have yeah. a gun doesn't mean they're not still feminine. <laughs> uh, well, of course, the, the lady cop we see later, it doesn't help the stereotype. It does not. It does um, not. But no, so I, Buffy... But she's not really a cop. That's true. <laughs> but see, Buffy wants the same results that Cordelia got. Mm-hmm. Or at least something helpful. She does. The crazy part, though... Oh, I'll get into this later. The crazy part is she did get the same result as Cordelia. I'll get into it later. Okay. <laughs> she's put into the same... Huh. Yeah. Okay. Just as girly a branch as Cordy. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. But I'll get to it later. All right. <laughs> Xander associates police work with polyester donuts and brutality. <laughs> well, they have still... plenty of donuts in this episode. I know. There's Krispy Kremes everywhere. And they don't give any to Kendra. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Buffy's still horrified. Willow uh, points out that donuts would be a plus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Buffy still horrified at the prospect of saving more people. I don't get it. Uh, it says that she has to see Giles first because he's on some Tony Robbins hyper-efficiency kick, as is illustrated by him lugging a huge stack of books across campus and his insistence on her checking in with him every day before her homeroom. And she's still horrified by the police thing, and I'm still confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Willow asks Xander uh, if he'd check to see which parts of career day she would be enjoying, and he says that she wasn't on the list at all. Now, Willow is horrified because she took the test and everything and did it right, and it was just totally unfair, and you got to watch out for those type A personalities because they are easily jostled. Yes. That makes <laughs> all of the parts dissatisfied with their lot They're in life. They're freaked. Including Giles. <laughs> yes. Because when we see him later, he is compensating. Yes. Over. So much. Over compensating. So much. And I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so none of Buffy's parts. She's in disarray. Yeah. Are working. And if you look at their costuming, Oh God! They're cl- they're not the kind of match not match kind yeah, of match. I don't think it's, it's been this bad since nightmares. Yeah, and, and Willow is like hello and, and like flowers and stuff. And we yeah. know from we know from school hard what that means. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she is in full bloom. She is. Well, she's finally catching up. Like, yeah, she on, is. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. You got to catch up in like three episodes. <laughs> yeah, you need to hurry. <laughs> hurry. <laughs> yeah. So. Whether Buffy was really ready or not, we have no idea. <laughs> True. <laughs> we'll find out in that episode, I guess, how ready her spirit was. Um, we haven't analyzed the costumes for that one. Oh, so. that's very true. Yeah. yeah, we will find we, out. We will know by then, I think, yes. if it really was the time. Coming soon to a microphone near you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the library, Giles almost tips over his huge stack of books while sitting them down next to his other huge stacks of books. Uh, luckily, Buffy and her Slayer reflexes are there to save him. Uh, Giles, clearly trying to distract himself after his breakup with Jenny Calendar, has been indexing the last couple of centuries of Watcher Diaries centuries centuries yes. of Watcher Diaries. Um, <laughs> he tells her she'd be amazed at how pompous and long-winded some of the Watchers were, and Buffy, the, Buffy's not surprised. The look on her face. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been, she's, and she's framed in these Yeah, these between books. the huge columns yeah, like of books. like there's this little Slayer peeking she's through. trapped in the books. Like, he can't see the Slayer for the books. Which we will see. Definitely. Hardcore. Well, and so I have this theory that he slipped into Ripper bad. Yes. Bad. And he's overcompensating with Giles. He is, yeah. And he slipped into Ripper multiple times in the mm-hmm. last few episodes. Um, several times intentionally, once completely unintentionally. Yes. Um, and so what better way to remind yourself of who you're supposed to be than reading hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of journal entries by the people you're supposed to be pretending <laughs> to be. Here's how you can be a watcher. Yes. And yeah. then somehow becoming a little pompous and long-winded in the process. Absolutely. And yeah. completely unfeeling and totally dickish. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is not going to help Buffy when she might need to be a little flexible in a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. She briefs him on the previous night's patrol and how she staked one vamp, but another one got away with whatever he grabbed from the mausoleum. Giles is surprised that vampires were stealing something, and Buffy says they were all cat burglared up and wonders where the phrase, the whole nine yards, came from. And interestingly enough, nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, it just sort of appeared one day like the Trojan horse, and we wheeled that sucker right into our vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> we did. That sounds good. Yeah. Bring it in. Um, she's noticed that Giles is pacing. Uh, he, he's wondering what Dalton stole and, f- and wonders why Buffy didn't try to find out what it was. Buffy says she wrote it off as vamps being weird and he goes off on her, like goes off on her about how she should have been more thorough. And she's like, you know what? If you don't like it, find somebody else. Yes. <laughs> oh, and check the scarf. She's wearing a scarf behind her neck because she still has the uh, tattoo. Yes, is it that? Yep. <laughs> and later she'll be leaving like a big shirt. Yeah, uh-huh. she co- she's still covering her neck. Yeah, she's she still, not which is removed. a great little yeah. tiny, because she said she's going to spend her allowance on getting it removed. Mm-hmm. We could have just easily done the Dawson's Creek kind of reset, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just yep. doo yep. and, uh, and pretended it never happened. Yep. But, but she still keeps her neck covered. Her neck. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, somebody else is on the way, Buffy. <laughs> 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 we, uh... Yeah, she's probably sneaking on the plane right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a foreshadowing checks its bags. Um, <laughs> Buffy goes on at length about how there isn't anybody else, and she's 
and uh, and she's the only one until she dies. And still, neither of them realize that she has actually died, meaning that there might might be another slayer yeah. roaming the countryside. Have not thought about the consequences at all. Yeah, which is naughty. And um, it's very similar again to when she was bad. Oh yeah, when we're all in denial land. Yeah, and it's it's actually this is actually the the perfect metaphor right here. The metaphor is literally in Buffy's mind, she is the only slayer. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we'll see later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and and there's very little flexibility going on. Oh, very little. And she's being very hard on herself. Now, I I actually wonder, and and you'll bring this up in a minute, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, the whole Cordy and and uh, Buffy ending up together. Now that we say this, I don't think any career choice would have been okay with Buffy. That's a really good point. Yeah. I don't know if there's a single one that she would have been like, oh, yay, I could do that. Because even if she got the one she truly wanted, she'd have to say, no, I can't. As far as, far as she sees it, yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there are absolutely... Because I, I, I think the real issue that she's talking about, I think that's more evidence that the real issue she's talking about is, I'm not going to make it to get a job. Yeah. I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be dead long before that. Yeah. Because, because like, I mean, exactly like you just said, um, no job would be enough. You know, it, they could find a situation where, you know, yeah, you could have, because honestly, she could open her own business and carve steaks in the back room. Not <laughs> yeah, a problem, true. you know. Yeah. She could, if she had her own business, um, she could do whatever she wanted, flexible hours, slang, whatever. She could become a librarian. She, she, yeah, she could do anything. Yeah. And work part-time and get a little extra money, whatever. But yeah, I think, I think, I think that is the indication that she, what she really means is I'm going to die before I get this job, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Yeah. And if I want it really badly, that's just one more thing I'm going to lose when I die young. Right. So it would be better for her to say, get a job where it means nothing. Right. Which is also an option, but she doesn't want that either. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see her try that out later. We sure will. <laughs> double meat is it's double really, sweet. Really sad. <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> Oh, uh, Giles isn't amused by Buffy's rant. Uh, Buffy continues to compare herself to a dead person, which she was, and uh, she's legitimately, like, yeah. really well, clearly and upset. Cry for help, much like this is the level of cry for help she yeah. usually gives to her mom and yeah. has her mom pass it off. But now her surrogate father yeah, her is doing it too. Yeah, her dad's doing it too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and Giles is kind of a dick. Actually, he wants to be all business about finding out where the what the vampires were stealing, um, and. It appears to be a good big ass gold cross. Um. <laughs> Which is, uh, the background of it is red, so we know it's a problem. Yes, it's a, it's a very it's a bad. big it's problem. A, just a little red velvet pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and Drew is running her hand a few inches above it, saying that it hums and she can hear it. Of course, she can. Spike is looking forward to getting Drew healthy again and having her coronation down Main Street with a big party for seven days and seven nights. And having a cross uh, nearby, especially as big as, as this cross is, had, has made Spike all biblical and, um, and, and all kinds of stuff. Because traditionally, seven days and seven nights was a mourning period. So uh, we can see how vampires flip things around. Oh, yeah. That's a you good know. point. Oh, good catch. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton interrupts their happy moment by mentioning that pesky slayer. He says she's trouble, and Spike is all, oh, really? I hadn't noticed with how she foils all my evil plans all the time. Uh, He's decided to bring in some contractors to take care of Buffy. He's sure that the big, scary bounty hunters from the Order of Taraka can take care of his slayer problem. Yeah, because people from outside of town always manage to get the slayer. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when they come in threes. Like, this this goes well. (laughs) Though they do give her the most trouble, I will say. That's true. Yeah. But none of them are actually dangerous to her. No. If you look at their costuming, red, right? I'm right. not I'm not even gonna bother talking about it. Gentle listeners, look at their costuming, you know they're not a problem. <laughs> yes. Look for the red. 
Yep. Or lack thereof. Uh, Drew flips over three tarot cards, which looks, I mean, we know they're not real tarot cards, but so I'm going to just, I'm going to be the expert here and say that looks like a cyclops, a centipede, and a big kitty cat. (laughs) And there is absolutely no tarot meaning to any of that. (laughs) Yep. But it's, it's exactly what we get. (laughs) It is. Nice work show. It even delivers us a mislead. Yes, it does, which is great. Yes. Um, so Drew's excited because Cyclops, Centipede, and Big Kitty Cat are coming to her party. Uh, <laughs> she knows that there'll be three of them, too. Uh, Dalton is worried that the Order of Taraka is overkill for one little slayer, and he might be right, but we'll never know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be underkill, honestly. Yeah. Like, we are we are underwhelmed to whelmed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Spike, of course, thinks there'll be just enough kill. Um. <laughs> As career week continues, students are mingling with folks like us who have actual jobs. <laughs> uh, Xander is wondering why Willow is even there, since she didn't get assigned to a seminar, and she says she's looking for Buffy. Buffy is with Giles, though, on Slayer business, and Willow is worried about how much Snyder is going to freak out. And there he is. Uh, they try to butter him up about how fabulous the career fair is, and then Xander talks too much, and he, as he tends to do, <laughs> and calls Snyder a tiny person. <laughs> well, he is. He is a tiny person. He is. He's like my size. And I am a tiny person. But you don't tell him that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Snyder just wants to know where Buffy is. He insults Xander a bit and Xander says he hopes that one day he'll be in a position to be be honest, uh, that honest with Snyder as well. And he will be in his (laughs) dreams. (laughs) Oh my God, he will. (laughs) Right? Snyder leaves it. So apparently people's wishes are getting granted just like yeah, ran- at random there, times in the there future. There is totally a vengeance gene just like, <laughs> just like roaming around. About. It's, it's the fourth member of the Order of Taraka, right? Maybe it's that guy with the comb that oh, scares Buffy. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's say that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just headcanon that. Everyone close I'm, your I'm eyes. I'm going to headcanon something a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snyder leaves in a huff and Xander goes to find out w- about prison procedures. Willow is uh, approached by a guy in a suit, mysteriously asking her to come with him, and then another guy with a suit, and they escort her. And they fucking touch her. They do. Ew. They Stop. <laughs> don't. Okay. Well, we're, we're supposed gonna... to be. We're supposed to be like, eek, no. I know, but let me just rant for a minute. Just don't do. touch people you don't know. Don't touch people unless they've already said it's okay for you to touch yeah, them. Yeah, like seriously. But like, I I work in a grocery store right now, <laughs> and people touch me. They come up and they don't just like tap me on the shoulder, which is still a little too much. I've had people like run their hands through my hair. I had someone like full on braid my hair while we were talking about olive oil the other day. Not a woman, dude, not gay. Like just full on like braiding my hair. That's what you get for working in a hippie store. I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, they touch me. Like people walk up and they put their hand on the small of my back. They call me sweetheart. Like now if you know me, if you know me, you can walk up and just stick your tongue down my throat and I'll probably ask how your day is going. I am all about the physical contact, and there is no boundaries. If you don't know me, don't fucking touch me. So when I see Willow get touched by two strangers and mm-hmm. she's underage, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't touch the teenager, especially when she's in full bloom. <laughs> well, that's why. They couldn't keep their hands over because she was blooming all over the place. <laughs> so they escort her into a little room with Vivaldi's The Four Seasons playing. This would be the first movement. Spring, and with the awakenings that this little scene will lead to for Willow, I doubt that's an accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they invite her to enjoy some canapes uh, brought by a waiter with a, in a very formal tux. Willow apparently has been selected to meet uh, with the head recruiter for the world's leading software concern. Nicely done, Willow. 
Uh, his jet was delayed at SeaTac, which kind of suggests Microsoft. Uh, apparently, they didn't even care about her test because they've been keeping an eye on what she's been uh, went up to. And Willow's not sure that's good, probably thinking of how many times she's hacked into the morgue's database. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Among other things. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> what is she doing in her spare time? <laughs> what about Moloch the Corrupter? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they're patenting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the Xbox 360. Uh, the x Yeah, the x <laughs> uh, They say that their selection process is so exclusive that only one other student gets to enjoy the canopy. Naturally, it's Oz, who is ex- inspecting the food, who looks like a little bit of skepticism. And then when he sees Willow, his expression. Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, because she sits and watch this again a few times because he's so subtle. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, he takes one look at her and realizes this is the girl he's been trying to get to know since Inca Mummy Girl, and then offers her (laughs) a canapé. Canapé. It's just that cool. Oz is just that cool. Yeah, he he pulls it back in. Like he's like, oh my god, it's her. Bring it back in. (laughs) Canapé. Like that's his entire thought process. Totally. At the cemetery, Giles is huffing and puffing and asking Buffy to slow down. But hey, he wanted all business slayer and he got her. <laughs> he tells her she's being immature and she points out that it probably has something to do with her being, you know, actually a teenager at this point in time. Yeah, a little tiny callback to me for Giles, I'm 16 years old. Absolutely. And that would add more to um, what Buffy's really saying. I'm yeah. 16 years old. I don't want to die. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> He says that he was just trying to be Mr. Constructive Criticism, and Buffy says he was being harsh, and she's right. He was. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, she shouldn't have let Dalton get away, but vampires usually attack her, so it was odd to find one who just ran off. Plus, I'm pretty sure Watchers usually go out hunting with their Slayers, Giles, like you used to do. Yeah. Where were you, kitten? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's been busy holed up reading pompous Watcher right. diaries. He used to go out with her all the time. Yeah. And they should be, it, Watchers should be out with their Slayers when they can be. Mm-hmm. Unless they're investigating a current demon or something like that and getting information, they should always be out with their yeah. Slayers to make or sure that they're training Or if they're dating them. a hot computer teacher. Right. But Giles, you're not doing that anymore right, right. now. <laughs> so uh, get yeah. back out there. Maybe you Do should take your... a page from Buffy's playbook she'll have in the next episode right. and go take it out on some vampires. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And I believe in that episode, he is back to helping her. Yes. So yeah. So Giles, you're the one getting paid. Get the fuck out there and help your Slayer. Agreed. (laughs) She points out that she didn't so much choose the Slayer thing, uh, so he should stop acting like she did. He tries the, this is a sacred duty speech, and I'm usually more with him than I am now. Because this isn't Buffy's usual irresponsible pouting teenage thing that she did in Reptile Boy. She is really upset with career week going on and being pretty sure she won't live long enough to have one of those. And Giles needs to be more aware of what's going on with his Slayer big time. Yeah. Uh, He's even figured out some of what's bothering her and good for him. But since he did, he should have been more understanding from the beginning. Uh, He says that being the Slayer shouldn't stop her from having a job that pays her. And he points out that he has a job but she says um <laughs> this <one> cracks me <laughs> up <laughs> it's one thing to be a watcher and a librarian they go together like a chicken and, and another chicken or two chickens or something um <laughs> a weird part of my already weird personality has always found chickens to be hilarious so i giggle at that part imagining a herd of fluffy white chickens in tweed <laughs> like pecking at books and stuff <laughs> you can't unsee it <laughs> i know <laughs> so so is it as it is in my brain um buffy says that librarian is a logical cover for a watcher 
but with all the books uh, and everything. But there aren't really jobs that go with carving stakes and doing other Slayer things. Uh, Giles admits that she has a point, and then also suggests that she think about law enforcement, and Puffy is horrified once again. She does the best <laughs> pouty, like, gesturing with the flashlight. <laughs> Almost like she wants to hit him with it. It looks a little beer bad. It's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The inner slayer just popping out for a second. Let's get her back in. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah. So, I, okay. I I don't want to go on long about this this whole cop thing, but I really wanted to be one when I was growing up, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and I went to my own career day at my own high school and found out that. Um, a medical condition I have plus my horrible eyesight pretty much eliminated me from the running. <laughs> so I don't, I will admit part of my own personal stuff is why I don't understand this. Um, like if you're a super powered badass, I don't get why you'd scoff so much at being a police officer. Like, especially since Buffy's worried about dying and a slayer in a bulletproof vest would be pretty much unkillable. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Buffy points at the mausoleum and she's like, Meh. yeah, <laughs> I was always frustrated at career week because I always got the same gimmies. And I always wanted them to give me something out of left field, something I never considered, something, you know, more career-like. Because every time I took one of these career aptitude tests, they would give me, like, writer, performer, actor, speaker, teacher. And Snard. so then I would... Huh? Snard. Yeah. Are you a writer right now? Yes. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but, see, then I would go, because you take that advice, <laughs> and you actually true. go talk to a guidance counselor, and they say, well... But you can't make money doing all of those. And like, then why the fuck did it come up in my career aptitude test? <laughs> because if you're telling me there's no such thing as a career in these things, one, that's category categorically untrue because I see the wall of books behind your ass. <laughs> right. And two, then why would it show up? Like, if actor isn't a legitimate job, if writer isn't a legitimate job, then why the fuck are they on these tests? And Good so point. I'd say, then what else can I do? And they would say, well, have you ever considered? And then they'd say something so droll. <laughs> it would make my eyes roll. And then I would forget what they even said. And I'd go back to my little La La Land. Like, have you ever considered Double Meat Palace? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of what I ended up doing for a while. <laughs> I have a, I, I, I relate to Buffy on this level. Yeah. Because my whole life, I have destined to be a writer. Mm-hmm. everything has led me to being a writer right and i need to just be a writer or maybe a podcaster you know i have found other jobs that i like and i have found other things that i really like doing right over a lot of time but if someone <laughs> maybe way back then had said this is for you r- young writers and creatives and free thinkers out there get thee to marketing <laughs> <laughs> i'm not kidding <laughs> because and here's why when you become a creative and you have something that you have created that you need to get out in the world, you're going to have to fucking market it. <laughs> now, you can either hire someone to market this for you or you can market it yourself. And also, <laughs> when you market, you get used to rejection. So when you get rejected over and over and over and over and over, it becomes a lot less scary. Fear of rejection is what keeps a lot of people from even starting in a creative field to begin with. If you are young, if you know anyone who's young, if you know anyone who's struggling with this question of what to do, when you obviously want to be something that may or may not make money for a while, get your ass in marketing. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And basically, and I mean, and I would tell Buffy this too. There's nothing wrong with having a nine to five that you feel lukewarm about, but gives mm-hmm. you money. Yeah. And then doing what you have to do outside those hours. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But set schedules are really good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put that out there too. Yeah. Nine to five or eight to four or whatever. Yeah. It's a good thing. Career advice from the sisters Tuckett. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, inside the mausoleum, Giles pokes around. One of the reliquaries has been broken into, as Giles explains for us, helpfully. A reliquary is uh, used to store religiously significant things like bones of saints. And Buffy, I'm with Buffy so, on this. Yeah, well, well, she's, <laughs> she's sure religion is freaky. And, and I mean, yes, it's true. But you got your own resurrection story going on, Buffy, so you're one to talk. You know, <laughs> yeah, but of course she'd be freaked out by it there. Well, she should pay more attention because it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Giles notices the words Dulac uh, engraved onto a keystone, and he's rather unnerved by it. Apparently, a dude named Josephus Dulac, uh, who belonged to an excommunicated religious sect, was buried there. Buffy remarks that Dulac, uh, Dulac Dulac's having not only been excommunicated, but also sent to Sunnydale was a little... Interesting. Um, that does seem pretty unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> Although, if you wanted to hide your secret manuscripts, that is the place to go. Yeah, because nobody's going to notice there's weird shit there. Yeah. Like weird shit just falling out of the sky. Uh, <laughs> Giles, though, has remembered that the Duloc was the author of the book that the Lady Vamp stole from his library a few weeks ago during Lie to Me. And it's interesting how he kind of is like, oh, yeah, with everything going on, you know, like I gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's is it funny how he gets to have an excuse, but mm-hmm. Buffy doesn't. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's well. That's. I mean, if you're a teenager, that's adults for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a lot going on, but what's your problem? And also later this episode, if you're another Slayer, that's Buffy for you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shit uh, rolls downhill. It sure does, doesn't it? The book had a collection of evil spells and such, but he says it was written in archaic Latin, which apparently means means grammatically eye-twitching, <laughs> um, <laughs> as a co- sort of code that only other people in the sect could understand. Buffy naturally is wondering uh, what all this means, and Giles says it's nothing good. At the bus station, bus number 219, which will eventually end up in L.A., much like a lot of people on the show, has arrived. <laughs> um, a few very unfortunate people disembark at the Hellmouth instead of continuing to Los Angeles, uh, including a biker-looking dude with one good eye. So, Drusilla's Cyclops has arrived and just in time for her party. Yes. Uh, outside the summer's home, a nerdy-type guy with a large sample case has a good look at Casa de Buffy before going into a neighboring house and offering to come in and give the nice lady, Mrs. Kalish, who has answered the door and apparently has no idea she lives on the Hellmouth, some free samples of cosmetics. He's Norman Fister with blush, beautiful skin care. Oh, isn't that nice? Well, no, no, it's not nice. Because the door closes. <laughs> <laughs> the door closes and we hear her piercing and, as we find out later, very understandable shriek. Oh, yeah. She has and a great scream. Best scream in Buffy. Oh, man. All of Buffy and all of Angel. Absolutely. Best scream. Like, Charisma Carpenter is like, damn, she's got a good scream. It's that yes. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I'm watching this episode, which I have done a lot while other people are asleep, mm-hmm. I actually remember to, like, mute <laughs> right yes, there. you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, everybody comes running in from everywhere saying, what, what happened? Oh, it was just Mrs. Kalish. Yeah. <laughs> Bug man, <laughs> go back to bed. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Uh, <laughs> I quoth Xander. Uh, <laughs> in a fantastic mislead, at the Sunnydale airport, a plane has landed and a maintenance guy has detected something amiss in the, um, what is this, like a cargo hold? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's, it's kind of like the tummy part of the plane. I, I, I know I, nothing about I airplanes. I feel like this is um, a military craft. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I, I mean... I feel like it is. It's I know zero about airplanes, I mean, except I don't want to go on them. There's this whole initiative thing in Sunnydale. <laughs> oh, it's possible. You know, I, it to me, it just seems like a military craft like, that she like, like boarded onto. <laughs> like Adam parts are coming in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. totally. I like it. I yeah. like that. So Kendra could have prevented Adam. Good job, Kendra. <laughs> she had 
known she would have been happy to. <laughs> That's true. Maybe if somebody in Sunnydale had let her in on anything, she would have figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, information might be a good idea. Uh, so he's kicked in the face a few times and knocked unconscious, and we can tell by these slayerly grunts. Right. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. <clears throat> we can tell that our mystery guest is female, is what I'm saying, uh, and packs a hell of a kick as well. Anyway, our mystery guest, and if you'll sign in, please, is a rather stunning young woman, and she sneaks off the plane. At school, Willow is summing up what Giles and Buffy discovered. She wonders about the past tense of slay, and Giles tells her that pretty much anything is fine, and we disagree. <laughs> we disagree wholeheartedly. We do. If you have the opportunity, gentle listeners, to use slain or slew, we at the Diogenes Club podcast insist that you must. <laughs> Whenever possible. Uh, Xander is also there, and Giles explains that Duloc is a math guy as well as a religious guy who created the Duloc Cross. Xander says he's all for naming one's religious relics snappy sorts of things, and um, though no one really agrees. But I do, Xander, for once. We're on the same page. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I am often with Xander's asides. <laughs> yeah. I am kind of an aside sort of person, too. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes he gets, well... Yeah, sometimes he gets a little too much of them. But that one, I yes, completely agree I, with. I empathize with that as well. Yeah, I do. Not a lot of filter. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Courtney doesn't have a filter either. Weird. Um, <laughs> Giles explains that the cross was not only really gold and really big, it was also used to translate mystical texts. Um, so um, it really is quite multi-purpose. Uh, perhaps uh, the Swiss Army Supercross, Sander? <laughs> Just run that by you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that is fucking funny. <laughs> uh, Buffy's not sure why vampires would need a decoder ring um, so much. Uh, apparently, Duloc destroyed all the other crosses before he died, and Giles thinks it's because he didn't want vampires translating stuff. Yeah. Uh, Giles has a plan, though. He's going to figure out what was in the book and translate the thing before the vampires can. Willow is very excited about the prospect of a late night researching, and Xander is not. Uh, <laughs> Buffy's like, no research for me. See you guys in the morning. Uh, Willow backs her because of the ice skating date, and Giles agrees that she should get some rest be uh, because of the possible slaying that is ahead. Um, and Xander and Giles finally agree on something. Yes, they, they look share at each other. a look. Yeah, they look at each other like, what the fuck is she doing? Yeah. She's just going to leave? Really? Yeah, right like now? The mind and the heart finally agree on yes, something. on one thing. Yeah. They'll, they'll split in a second. But. Yeah. And, <laughs> but and the spirit is still, yay, angel, angel, yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the ice rink, Buffy's doing her figure skating thing. And indeed, Sarah Michelle Geller was a competitive figure skater. So it's cool they worked that into the show. Um, this isn't going to be all fun and games to the skating slayer, though, because Cyclops Guy is watching. As Buffy has already mentioned, she's in see-no-evil mode, so she doesn't notice him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy kind of does a sliding thing, running into a wall with what I have to say is a very cute little smile. And Cyclops Guy grabs her. Angel in game face tackles him, but Cyclops Guy is really pretty strong, and Angel's having some trouble with him until Buffy slices open the dude's throat with her skate. And if this was HBO... It'd be very blood, er blood everywhere, everywhere, blood, fountains, blood, blood, yeah. fountains of cyclops. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a font, a font of cyclops. <laughs> um, Drusilla says that cyclops guy is passing under their feet right now and turns over his card. Spike's it's, not worried though, which is kind of a reference to Hades. I believe that was one of the things that can be said right? yeah. as someone goes to Hades. Yes, yeah. 
So he's passing over the, over the river sticks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spike's not worried. Uh, they've almost finished the translation, and he's thinking that the Order of Taraka assassins can delay things long enough for them to finish it. So that's pretty much his end goal. He doesn't care if they kill Buffy at this point. He just wants to delay her long enough to get Drew healthy. Which, which shows how wily Spike is. Yes. Because he understands you can't kill the Slayer. And he understands that if you try... Well, because it's her show. Well, yeah. <laughs> and if you actually try and kill her, if you give her enough force to try and kill her, she'll come back after you. She'll actually kill you, yes. Yeah. Instead so of just really having their... he does mean it. Just enough kill. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just enough. Because enough she, she has... Anything. Buffy has let him live a lot at this point. Yes. Because he's run away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, I think he totally gets that part. Where she's not going to full on kill him unless he is actively trying to kill her at the time. <laughs> and Drew says, Time is ours. It brings the, the Slayer closer to them, meaning, of course, Centipede and Kitty Cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they don't sound as scary when I do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the skating rink, Angel, still in game face, has noticed the dead Cyclops guy's ring, and he knows exactly what it means. He tells Buffy she's in danger, which is kind of Angel's thing, really. And. Uh, <laughs> And says she should go home and wait until she hears from him. And Angel, she's not going to do that. No. No. (laughs) Um, They're both worried about each other's injuries, and Angel doesn't want her touching him when he's all vamped out. And Buffy's like, oh, yeah? You haven't you heard I have defiance disorder? And and takes off her gloves so she can touch him for real. Which is another really sweet, Mm -hmm. sweet moment. It is. And she says she didn't. Uh, notice he was vamped and they kiss and remember in angel the episode when darla taunted angel about how he was stupid enough to think that buffy would be able to look at his true face and give him a kiss this is the kind of show this is mm-hmm. that was season one episode seven and God. here we are it like gives me goosebumps when we find right? these things yeah yeah and uh, buffy looks at angel's true face and she kisses him and we're also invoking darla here and soon some of the things that darla told buffy about will be coming true for her darla was like the vampire of relationships future or something (laughs) (laughs) and this is certainly not the last time someone will tell buffy exactly what's going to happen to her yeah (laughs) however our lovely mystery guest from the airplane has spotted the vampy making out which i do have to mention they're they're doing this like not six inches away from cyclops guys rapidly (laughs) cooling corpse (laughs) and you know hey whatever does it for y'all you know yeah yeah but we can see we can see how kendra gets some ideas Oh, yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) Especially considering who she knows she is. Exactly. (laughs) Or, I mean, the mystery guest. Oh, yes. (laughs) We have to go with the, you know, what's my line thing? Well, yeah. Because she's the the mystery guest. She signs in, and we all try to guess who she is. Oh, my God. I never actually put that together. I feel so dumb. (laughs) I've watched a lot of what's my line. I don't know why. I I watch a lot of it. I'm more of a whose line is it anyway kind of girl. Gotcha. Yeah. Also fantastic. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, in the library, Buffy is showing the ring to Giles. Notice how she is not staying at home and waiting for Angel to call. <laughs> <laughs> she has kind of put on schlump wear, though. She's she starting to get. Is. She doesn't have her big bulky shirt yeah. yet, but she's mm-hmm. kind of in schlump wear. Yeah, Buffy is losing her Slayer powers because she we know is. how she dresses is how she feels. Yes. And when Buffy doesn't dress like Buffy, she is losing her Slayer powers. She is leaking. She's she, just like like a sieve. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and not entirely unlike how Drusilla is losing power over Absolutely. on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Giles confirms there's good reason to be worried because the ring is worn by representatives of the Order of Taraka, which has been pretty much Deadly Assassins Incorporated since King Solomon's Day, which would mean <laughs> somewhere around mid-900 BCE. Long time. Yeah. Uh, Xander tries to joke, but Giles is really not in the mood because this is some seriously bad news. Uh, the Order of Taraka uh, sows discord and kills the unwary. 
Xander tries to joke again, and Giles snaps at him because we love Xander's asides, but sometimes a little too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also <laughs> when when Giles snaps at Xander, we know that things are serious and serious inside of Buffy. Yes, her mind just freaked out at her heart. So. Yeah stuff's going on um so giles apologizes but the order is serious business and he needs to try to come up with a plan buffy's wondering why she's a target and willow suggests that it's because she's been a very spiny and painful thorn in the side of bad guys for quite a while and buffy points out that she really hasn't been tearing things up in demon town recently which is true (laughs) giles uh like angel did suggest that buffy hide somewhere safe and she takes offense that they think she can't handle these folks and i mean she should take offense at that because she's the slayer go buffy right up yeah um, she's got a little kick. She's got a little <laughs> kick in her. <laughs> she's trying, but they yeah. are, but they are taking her down too. They are. So you know that her costuming isn't just the Manus aspect of Buffy. No, the, this is the mind, heart, and spirit are kind of circling the drain right now. Yeah, <laughs> they're everyone's just, just they're like gloom and doom, down. and yeah, yeah. And Giles says that these folks are different from what she's used to. Their only motivation is collect their is to collect their bounty, and they're just killers. Uh, they, they're sort of like the whack-a-moles of the underworld. You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can kill them and kill them and kill them and more just keep coming for you until you're dead. Uh, as Giles voices over the sales guy from earlier, watches Buffy's bedroom from her neighbor's house. And we all know it's Buffy's bedroom because of all the butterfly decals on her wall. Oh, yes. Good detail. Yeah, Very nice prop department. We love you. Uh, each assassin works alone and no two have the same method. Some are human and some aren't. The neighbor was very justified in her screaming uh, because a bunch of worm things are crawling all over the dead body and reconstituting themselves back into the sales guy. Ugh. Yeah, it's nasty. Um, I love how they, they show the worms under his skin. Oh yeah, it's so creepy. It's really good, and this is such a good effect for the '90s. Yeah, like it yeah. astonishes me. This is, this is the mid, the, like the mid to late '90s on a shoestring budget. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, in the uh, the hallway at school, Buffy still not not going with the plan to hide uh, so much, and that's awesome, <laughs> Buffy. Good for you. Uh, is a very very jumpy Slayer indeed. Unfortunate timing that career day is just packed full of people too. There's a policewoman who will be important later, and a guy with a comb who will not. Um, <laughs> she senses trouble and grabs Oz around the throat, pinning him against the wall and challenging him to try it. Oz is chill, though, as always. He's wondering what she'd like him to try. Um, <laughs> he's probably thinking she also has some canapé for him. <laughs> Buffy apologizes, horrified, and leaves, and Oz observes that she is a tense person. (laughs) True that. Slayers are damn jumpy, and And with good reason. And if you weren't in love with Oz by now, you have to be here. It's a tense person. (laughs) (laughs) And Buffy is walking home in the dark, and, um... Okay, Buffy, I completely support you no-hiding plan, but you could have asked Giles for a ride home, you know? Yeah, of course, I don't know if I'd want to be in a confined space with that killjoy right now. <laughs> That's a good point. He'd be lecturing her the whole time. <laughs> he would. I think I'd rather just walk home in the dark yeah. with the vampires. <laughs> well, and she's still limping, too, so, you know, mm-hmm. she's not... She, Buffy's totally out of sorts right now. Um, and But they are, of course, putting emphasis on one girl in all the world right before we find out that she isn't that. So, nice job. Very nicely done show. Uh, also, this is totally more evidence for our case that, that Buffy's powers, and especially her healing, are affected by her emotions, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, when she's confident, we see even the, the even really serious wounds vanish in a day or two, and the knee thing should have been like an hour tops. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just smacked her knee. She fell on the ice on her knee. Yeah. That's it. It should be gone, but Angel <laughs> but, got hurt. Right. And she's, she's... She pushed her own healing to the side, uh-huh. and now she had... 
her heart, mind, and spirit telling her that she's fucked. Yeah, and her mom's not home to re-piss her off. Right. Because she, we, we find out later that anger is part of what motivates Absolutely. Buffy. Absolutely. And so her mom's not home to push against her and give her a little extra so anger oomph. She, and she doesn't get comfort or anger. Mm-hmm. Which both of which would probably help. She doesn't get a safe place, which doesn't you know doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't have the motivation of having to run home and make sure her mom's okay. Right. Yeah. She's just kind of drifting right now. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody's freaking helping her. Not even Angel. Where the fuck are you, Angel? No, seriously. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> well, he's assuming she's at home, waiting for him to call. <laughs> oh, Angel, you're so silly. <laughs> Uh, Buffy okay, does it right. I'm just making it so we have to yell at Buffy in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to yell at Buffy so hard in a minute. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I'm going to yell at Buffy a lot in a minute. So brace brace yourselves. yourselves, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I so, said y'all, too. Just, <laughs> we have this problem. <laughs> Genetics. Uh, so Buffy arrives home, uh, but she gets a hanky feeling. He doesn't go inside. Very, very good. Uh, in the library, Giles and Willow are researching. Willow is worried about Buffy, saying that she's not usually like this and how she just took off. Xander comes in and reports that Buffy isn't home and Joyce is out of town, so nobody's answering the phone. Giles thinks maybe Buffy unplugged her phone, but Xander and an emphatically nodding Willow point out that she's a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Giles wonders if he was a little too tough with his warning, and Buffy's heart is like, yeah, she's totally fucking freaked out now. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy knocks on Angel's door, and since he she isn't a vampire herself, she just busts the lock and lets herself in. <laughs> no invitation necessary. And I, I love I love when Buffy breaks locks. I don't know why it entertained me entertains me so, but it does. Because it's so casual. Like, I, I love it. Everybody else like, has to like pick locks and shove against like, him or spank. kick him down. Just, eh. <laughs> like and that means that there's nothing really keeping Buffy out but Buffy. It's true. Too. Like there's this aspect of, of like the only thing keeping her back is her right. and her own sense of moral code. It's true. And she's <laughs> like, fuck it. Yeah. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> and and here we can kind of see how she is kind of following the hiding advice from Angel and Giles, but she's doing it completely on her own terms, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, in a very, very nice touch, touch of continuity for the future, there are many elaborate drawings on the walls in Angel's place. Oh, yeah. Huh. Angel's place looks so angel. And uh, gosh, all those drawings. Yeah. I wonder if drawings. that'll be important yeah, later. I wonder who did those. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Buffy admires the pretty sculptures and other decor, as she should, because it's gorgeous. Yeah, and, and that then, uh, chair is dope. I love, I I love the whole that thing. I love that chair. If I anyone knows thing. where I can get that chair, <laughs> let me know. Yes. Absolutely. And then she gets in his bed. And I'm actually surprised that Angel doesn't make his bed. I mean, I, I don't either, so I'm totally not judging. Um, but it's an interesting little bit of character development. Yeah, it is. Well, and also, I think this is partly stylistic. Uh, because, because And because Buffy doesn't pull the covers over herself when she gets in, too. Yeah, and you would if you wanted to feel secure. So this is mm-hmm. something we're doing intentionally. And she lays down exactly in the pool of white. Which is really interesting. Because I, I asked Snart, general listeners, uh, when we were watching this, I'm like, what is up with the, why is she not pulling the covers over herself? That's supposed to look weird. And I thought maybe she, she doesn't feel like she should be there or something like that. But Snart's like, no, it's she's staying in the white. And it's true. Yeah. She's staying exactly in the white. Exactly in the white. <laughs> just like she was laying in the pool of white water when she died. And just like she, the, when we were reminded of that in some assembly required when she fell into a white coffin. Mm-hmm. We are remembering that she died. And she's remembering that she died while she's laying in a dead man's house. Yeah. And, per- and perhaps more a little planting the seed of this is not the right relationship for Buffy, even though they're being adorable. Mm-hmm. There's still this little kind of, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he could have given her a key. Seriously. 
Yeah. Well, he probably knew that she just was this <laughs> Like, it would just point. be to save money that he yeah. would give her the key because she's just going <laughs> to come in. She's a fucking slayer. Yeah. Um, and also, notice that there are red covers on the bed. Right. Um, this is really significant. Mm-hmm. And in it will fact, be. Um, and I haven't been able to track it, but I remember seeing on a forum a while ago, why, does, why is it every time Buffy has sex with somebody, the sheets are red? It turns out kind of true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that we've been examining what red means. Danger. Um, yeah. There seems to be a pattern with Buffy and her uh, bleeding tragic choice in men mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Tragic taste in men. Yeah, tragic taste in men. Thank yep. you. Um, it's the alliteration that always gets me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Maybe she should try something else. <laughs> <laughs> Says the lesbian. <laughs> She has more chemistry with Faith than anybody. No, it's very true. <laughs> I still go with the whole demisexual thing. That's me. <laughs> but then there's that yucky thing with Riley. She's not attracted to Riley. He's just a safe bet. She has sex with him all the time. It's disgusting. I have sex with people all the time, too, and I'm asexual. <laughs> Doesn't mean shit. <laughs> gross. I say people. I mean person. That's gross. Okay. <laughs> You just had to go there. <laughs> just because you're asexual doesn't mean you have don't have sex. It just means that you don't have sexual attraction. And it does lead to bleeding terrible taste in men. Well, maybe she's women. really attracted to women. That's possible, too. <laughs> or one of them, anyway. Yes, but we don't know if she ever experienced like sexual attraction. She could have experienced all kinds of stuff. Or it could have been demisexual, like I've talked about, I'm so confused. I'm 40, dude. You can't be doing all these new terms and shit. (laughs) I'll draw you a diagram. I don't want one. (laughs) Okay. Asexual, no sexual attraction. Demisexual, sexual attraction after emotional uh, bond has been established. It's kind of a spontaneous thing. Gotcha. Yes. (laughs) Sapiosexual, attracted to intelligence or humor. Yes. <laughs> the blank stare of death. It's just a blank stare of blank stare. <laughs> it's Cordelia blank stare. It was a little bit, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Angel has found Willie the Snitch in his bar, and this is the first time we've seen Willie, so we bid him hello. Yes, in a red shirt. Really red shirt. Yeah, really red shirt. Yeah. Because, duh, he's like a snitch. Hello, people. <laughs> Uh, Willie knows Angel, uh, and Angel wants information, and Willie is pretty rattled. Uh, Angel says that he wants to know, uh, who sent the Order of Taraka, and Spike is number one on his list of suspects, and that's interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, did perhaps Angelus pay for a contract at some point when Spike was around? Oh, oh, oh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Willie isn't forthcoming with the information, so Angel slams his head on the bar, and this will be pretty much how it goes for Willie at all times. Yes. And this <laughs> is uh, this is the Ripper showing in in Angel, so the Angelus. Yes. Showing absolutely, and we'll yep. see. We'll see a bit more of that. <laughs> Angel says he's just not sure how to go about killing humans anymore, so we'll have to try lots of stuff and see what works. <laughs> Willie gives up all the information he has on Spike. He also knows that Buffy and Angel are an item. Uh, not so much on the download with that, kids. Uh, Angel asks where Spike is, and Willie tries unsuccessfully to get money out of him in exchange. Got to give him a little... I mean, good for you, Willie. It's not a good idea, but you, you go. You do you. Yeah. <laughs> Before Willie can give up Spike and Drew's location, though, the mystery guest knocks Angel down with a broom, breaks it in half, and he narrowly dodges being staked, and she kicks his 
ass yeah, a does. lot. And the breaking <laughs> of the broom handle, very Slayer-esque. Yeah, he should have noticed something. Yeah. So, even with his game face, he's no match for her at all. <laughs> she kicks him into a cage, which, as we've seen from the one in the library, is a very convenient thing to have in Sunnydale. Um, and then he totally miscalculates, asking who she is and offering not to hurt her if she tells him what he wants to know. And Angel, <laughs> that worked okay on Willie, but let's just say that you don't have much leverage with, you know mystery guests who have just soundly beaten the fuck out of you and she laughs at him and i love her immediately (laughs) he's still trying to be all mr intimidating and kind of mr condescending i have to say with it you think this is funny and she swings the cage shut and locks him in so yes she does (laughs) yeah 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 i mean and, and i know i know i know Angel's a good guy, and I shouldn't enjoy this as much as I do, but I love badass ladies. Um, she she confirms that she does think it's totally funny. Yes. <laughs> she mentions the gal she saw him making out with earlier, and he warns her to stay away, which is so stupid. Like, like pretend she means nothing, Angel. You're locked in a fucking cage. Yeah. The threats are not going to work right now, because now you're in a cage. <laughs> But uh, she she thinks he'll be more worried about the sun coming through the windows in a little while and toasting him like a marshmallow. Uh, she gives him a little head toss and she's on her way and Angel is not happy. Um, in the library, Giles is going over his books. He calls Xander and tells him to go check on Buffy at her house. Oh, and uh, he should ask Cordy to drive him. Then Giles <laughs> wisely hangs up before the whining can start. <laughs> and he is totally getting the hang of these teenagers. Totally. Well done, Giles. <laughs> He finds that Willow is asleep on her keyboard, undoubtedly leaving about a zillion letters on whatever program she was typing yeah. on before she calmed and down. And the look on his face when he sees her. It's cute. He has this little flash of just affection. Yeah. 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 He's the dad to everybody. And um, uh, so he wakes her, and she's been having a frog dream, again with the frogs, and she wakes exclaiming, don't warn the tadpoles. <laughs> Okay, I had to look it up because this is a lot of frogs now for Willow. Uh, frogs can symbolize a lot of things, but if we're applying all uh, this all to Willow, I think the most important ones are ancient wisdom, rebirth, and metamorphosis. So uh, Giles asks about tadpoles, and she says she has frog fear. <laughs> uh, hilariously, Giles just says, oh, in a, sympath- <laughs> in a sympathetic sort of way, like that explains everything. <laughs> oh, frog fear. Yeah, of course. Um now, we know that Willow didn't have frog fear in Witch because she pulled out the eye of that one frog like a champ. So maybe Willow's fearing her upco- upcoming metamorphosis into an adult or one of the other things she changes into? Oh, yes. Well, the, she is definitely going into a metamorphosis of, of floral you know, clothing yeah, and, and exactly. an Oz-type person uh-huh. about. So I would say that one for so sure. Too. Yeah. Yes, because and, and that does lead... Her sexual awakening does lead to the rest of her darkness. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So I think there's something there. Oh, suddenly, yeah. Suddenly with the frog fear. Uh, anyway, Giles has found an, in, a transcription of the Dulac manuscript. Uh, he hasn't been able to translate the whole thing, but he's figured out it's a ritual to restore a vampire back to health. Willow's on this immediately, saying it sounds like Drusilla, and Giles agrees. Dalton has finished translating, and Spike is delighted. Drew, who has a lot of bruises... Yeah, she's not looking good. Yeah, a lot of bruises. Lots of bruises. Yeah. Um, says that it was right in front of them the whole time and shows him a card with an angel on it. Uh, Xander Which is, is a, chilling. Yes, a very much so. A falling angel. A falling angel. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll happen later. <laughs> uh, Xander is walking up to Buffy's house with a very pissed off Cordy. <laughs> Note that she did get up early for him, though. 
Oh, yes. And yep. they're both wearing blue. Different colors of blue. Mm-hmm. But blue. But blue. Yep. <laughs> uh, Xander knocks and yells, but doesn't get any response from Buffy, you know, because she's at Angel's place. Uh, <laughs> while he and Cordy continue <laughs> bickering, he starts messing with the front window, and I'm immediately in fear for its safety. <laughs> because that poor window uh he gets uh one of the side ones open he tells her that buffy might be in trouble and cordy is wondering exactly what xander is going to do if they run into something that's too much trouble for the slayer <laughs> and she that's a point it's a re- it's a good point <laughs> xander has shown himself to be very capable of helping buffy for sure but it's still a good point yes. <laughs> um he lets her in and heads upstairs to look for buffy no sooner has Cordelia started to examine Joyce's decorating, uh, note, she seems pleased with it, that <laughs> there's a knock at the door and a friendly cosmetic salesman is offering to some free samples. And Cordy's all about that and lets him in. At Willie's, Angel is still in his cage, hopefully reevaluating his technique with the mystery guest while trying to get out. Um, not the last time Angel will be in a cage predicament, that's for sure. Yeah. It will be a while, though. Uh, At Angel's, Buffy is having a snooze, still without the covers, uh, when she hears something and wakes in time to dodge a hatchet being swung directly (laughs) at her head. (laughs) Angel's pillows are ruined. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Nice little feather pillows. Uh, She hops over the attacker, who is the mystery guest, and tells her, you must be number two. You know, she actually is, Buffy. Not the assassin kind you're thinking of, but she most definitely is. (laughs) (laughs) They're uh, evenly matched, and the mystery guest has got Buffy on the floor. Uh, Buffy asks that she not be reduced to chick fight tactics and then does the scratching chick fight thing. Um, <laughs> happily, she does not have to too stoop to hair pulling. Um, they continue fighting, still very evenly matched until the mystery guest asks who Buffy is. Buffy's all, hey, you should know who I am with the attacking and shit. Who are you? <laughs> she is Kendra, the vampire slayer. And we end part one of the episode on Buffy's, okay, what the fuck expression. <laughs> 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 Uh, Buffy doesn't believe Kendra is a slayer of the vampires. Uh, she says she's the real slayer. Kendra says that even if Buffy kills her, another slayer will take her place. And that's not only true. We know that when Buffy dies, no new slayer is called. So Kendra is the real slayer now, as far as that part is concerned. Um, but it also sounds just like what Giles said about the Order of Taraka. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means exactly. Uh, but we will also immediately note that Kendra sees herself as a soldier in a long line of soldiers. And if she dies, so be it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, she does have a cannon fodder type approach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Probably probably for the best. Um, <laughs> Aww. I love Kendra. I, know, I like Kendra too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Buffy suggests that they both stand down and ask Giles about the situation. They discuss things in a very non slayer, non face punching way, so good for them. Uh, <laughs> Let's just take a second before we, we, because we've all seen the whole show before and notice how different the chemistry is between these, these two compared to Buffy and Faith. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference. Um, yeah. I mean, Kendra hasn't even flirted with Buffy at all. It's been like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, she's doing the ice queen. She is. She is icing that shit. She is. Absolutely. Yeah. They're and both icy. They're both straight <laughs> girls yeah. who are like, no, no way. Well, and Kendra gives the best condescending glare. Oh, she's so good. She does like the half eye. <laughs> yes. She's yeah, so good. It's like side eye without the side. It's good. And considering <laughs> all the abuse, the actually really immature abuse that Buffy's throwing her way, she does a great job of oh, just yeah. being like, oh, whatever. Well, and, and she's an easy target because Buffy gets to say to her everything she wants to say to herself, but she's not good at that because she bottles and transference and Absolutely. I'll be over here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Kendra says that her watcher sent her to Sunnydale to do her duty and kill vampires, and she's done a pretty fine job already, I have to say, because Angel is just a couple of feet for being very crispy. <laughs> 
In the library, Giles confirms that Kendra's watcher is Sam Zabuto. Kendra is clearly very disciplined, standing at attention and answering his questions with yes, sir, and no, sir. Uh, Kendra's watcher is very well respected, though Giles says they've never met, and Giles does seem a tad rattled, as he should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy's still thinking that Kendra isn't so much telling the truth, asking again if Sam Zabuto is a real person. Buffy's being a total Cordelia here, by the way. Uh, like, really, really bad. Yeah, um, like uh, when she was bad. Yeah, like worse, bad. worse than Cordy, for sure, yeah. by far. Um, and even at the very first episode when Cordy was picking on Willow, not even close to this. No, yeah. At all. This is, this is uh, the sexy dance with Xander. Yeah, this bad. is, yes, very, very much so. Yeah. Inappropriate. Uh, Kendra says that she has no last name and Buffy snits about her being stuck in the 80s, but shut up for a second, Buffy, because here's that stuff with the names again. We discussed in Inca Mummy Girl how, uh, what this show is saying about the power of names and specifically the power of knowing someone's name. The first Slayer, as we mentioned, we'll find out a Restless has no name and Kendra is old school. So she's all about slaying and wouldn't it make sense for her last name to be unknown to anyone, even yeah. her? Well, and they call me Kendra. Yes. So it's not even her We don't even know if it's her name. Nobody yeah. knows if that's her name. Yeah. She yeah. might not even know. Right. Which, you know, there are some schools of thought that once you to start to associate with a certain name, that it becomes your name. You can still be called that. But but if she has a last name mm-hmm. and it's held back from her, that would actually be... Whoever got her could only get half her name. Yeah. At any time. And um, so, yeah. Uh, I will say, unless, of course, they were just unconventional enough not to need her name. And I kind of mm. want to call this foreshadowing. Yeah. So Willow comes in and uh, Kendra wants this new person to identify herself. And Buffy is a total witchy again. <laughs> uh, you know, seriously, Buffy, take a fucking yeah. pill for fuck's sake. Regular human people, when we meet someone in our line of work, are happy. Yeah. Even if we're introverts, we get all excited to talk shop. So yes. Buffy is awful again. And Giles takes over. Or even if we're not happy, we fucking pretend. It's not hard. Yeah, we like, hey, how about that thing? And then when the person is a bitka back to us, right? then <laughs> we can go ahead and say, all right, well, fuck you then. I'm not going to talk but to you there's anymore. a certain level of civility. Yes. It's called civility. Yes. And so, um, that's not yeah. happening. At all. Yeah. Joyce would be so horrified, I just have to say. <laughs> she would. <laughs> so Giles understands how the Slayer-Watcher relationship has worked for the last, let's say, few thousand years. And he explains that they have a bit of an unusual situation. And some people actually do know that Buffy's the Slayer. Kendra is surprised that Giles allows that sort of thing since the Slayer works in secret for security reasons. And she has a really good point, Buffy. Spike hired assassins and it took them like 12 seconds to find you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know we know that Buffy's approach of having friends and family has certainly benefited her a lot, especially in terms of her lifespan, because although she probably could have gotten out of most of the stickier situations she was in without any help, she absolutely would have died in Prophecy Girl without Angel and Xander. Mostly Xander. Though Angel did so, do some quality brooding, and I'm not going to sell him short on that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very valuable if you can't do CPR. Um so, but it seems like a mix of the two would probably be the best idea. Like Kendra needs a support system and Buffy needs to hit the books, embrace her calling and be less of a bitka when there's this <laughs> new Slayer in town. Yeah. Well, and maybe Giles could go ahead and pull out that Slayer handbook. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a thought, like, because Buffy seems kind of interested now. He could read it. To, Willow could read it to her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Willow could read it all and then tutor Buffy on how to be a Slayer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but Giles has, I mean, he's 
kind of put Buffy in that category of not going to read ever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Who knows? Um, so Willow's wondering what's going on, and Buffy says, with an eye roll, a hair toss, and a sigh. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a really big mix-up. Yeah, I'd say our theory that the only thing Buffy likes about being the Slayer is being the Slayer is right on target. Yes. Well, and Kendra is also going to be, I mean, as upset as I am at Buffy mm-hmm. for how she's being such a bitch, mm-hmm. which is bitch, in case you don't remember. It's the Buffy speak bitch. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's being such a B-I-T-C-H. A bitch. A bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, as much as, as we're giving her shit for it because she deserves it. She's also in PTSD land. Yes. Because she is remembering dying. Yes. And her defensiveness about this fact proves that she is remembering it and Absolutely. is suppressing. Absolutely. And nobody's helping her again. Like <laughs> when she needs her friends, they're all like, yeah, gone. <laughs> well, and the only one who's actually willing to help is at her house about to get dropped by Bugman. Right. So <laughs> great. And, uh, and now um, we will begin a new segment on our podcast called Two nice girls from Utah try to figure Buffy out. (laughs) Okay. So what the fuck is Buffy doing? Like, I have no idea what she's doing right now. (laughs) Like, why hasn't she offered Kendra a beverage? Yeah. Uh, Has Kendra eaten? I mean, she had a long ass flight and she's already fought a vampire. Uh, She must be hungry, right? Yeah. And um, does does she have anywhere to sleep? Uh, Joyce is out of town, so Buffy's obviously going to offer her the couch, right? And perhaps she needs a change of clothes. Perhaps, you know, she's traveled yeah. in the, maybe, maybe Buffy could loan her laundry. some stuff. Yeah. 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 Laundry. And and maybe, hey, um, I could loan you a shirt before yours gets all torn up and I absolutely have to. Yeah. That might be good. Or anything. Anything. Know, like anything. Or anything. seeing if anybody else has any resources for her. Seriously. Uh, YWCA even. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Giles has a place and, yeah. you know, any Buffy could just let her sleep on the couch yeah. and no, use everything in her I house. I don't understand because even people I hate, if they're in the same line as me, especially... When, you know, you're grappling with the the fact that you're going to die probably mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. Now, this girl is going to die probably earlier because she doesn't have the friends that have right. helped you. Right. And what you do, what you do is you're nice. You're yes. nice on the surface. You are always you nice. You to force it. You're nice. You help out. You give them the benefit of it out until you, they prove that they're not right. going to be trustworthy. And then as soon as they leave, you bitch the fuck out of the situation right. to all of your friends and you complain and, and get it out of your system. Right. And, and, and if this person is really a cool person and gets along with your friends, that's awesome. Yes. That is the, like a gold medal for you. And that's not something to be resented as Buffy will do again. And we will probably have our next episode of, um, <laughs> two nice girls from Utah. Breathe, try to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> this is just so rude. Yeah. I can't even no, stand it. it. Is. Yeah. This is okay. Our parents, there would, there would be in our old house. Mm-hmm. There would be two um, graves <laughs> in the backyard <laughs> yes. with very nice flowers and fertilized oh, yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. uh, beautifully fertilized roses and, and then tomatoes. Then go get two new cats and <laughs> name them Michelle <laughs> yes. and Jen and just move on. Right. Our and parents, <laughs> I think our parents literally would have murdered us if we had ever treated people this yes. way, ever in our lives, ever. Of course, Buffy's mom is the kind of person who raised her and like her. Because we see Buffy try and be like Joyce. And right. Buffy's mom is the kind of person who says, if you walk out of that door, don't even bother coming back. But she is nice to company. She is nice to company. <laughs> She's only not nice Which, to her own daughter. I don't daughter. know if that makes it better or I, worse. It makes it kind of worse. But yeah. just be be civil. Just yeah. listeners, be civil. Be civil. 
be gentlemen, be gentlemen of all genders <laughs> at all exactly. times. I have worked Especially with people I have forum. hated and they never knew. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Like I, I am in a situation right now where there's a couple people that I would really like to give a piece of my mind to and, and I won't. Yes. I mean it now, if I'm sticking up for someone else, however, the gloves come off. Absolutely. Yes. But, but that only happens when somebody has been a dick. Mm-hmm. Kendra has not been a dick at all. No. She's been the slayer. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if this all happened after we found out she tried to kill Angel, I could understand a bit more of a grudge. But there are a lot of reasons why she tried to kill Angel, too. Well, yes. I she mean... has. It's all understandable. and it's. But ultimately, it does come back to the fact that Buffy is just flat out alone. Yes. She's alone amongst friends. And jealous. Yeah. And, and on, only child syndrome yeah. from hell. Yes. And <laughs> triggered as fuck about something she never actually got to get over. Yes, it's very true. Yeah. It's very true. So that's why and she's if, being like this, but that's not an excuse. And her and her other her her mind and her spirit right now are trying to be supportive but are being supportive in completely the wrong way. Oh yeah. And yeah. her heart is it's gone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he gets back it starts to get better. It does start to. It starts yeah. to this wheels start to get in motion Buffy again. Buffy is literally heartless. Yes, she really really is. Yes. <sighs> All right. <laughs> So that that concludes our our segment. <laughs> Two nice girls from Utah see. trying to figure Buffy out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giles smacks Buffy's feet off the table because he's starting to get really embarrassed about how out of control his Slayer is, and she's also fucking rude, Giles. Um, Willow takes uh, asks if a second Slayer is even possible, but then Giles remembers <laughs> seriously that <laughs> Buffy really truly full on died that one time, and uh, Buffy says it was only for a minute. <laughs> Uh, Kendra clarifies that Buffy actually did die, and Buffy's like, just a little. <laughs> Damn it, Buffy. It's hard for me to be pissed at you when you're being funny. <laughs> she is really funny. She is. I was like, gone for a minute. I know. It's, it's cute. And then Buffy says, it's a mistake. She isn't supposed to be here. She goes home and totally loses me again. Buffy, come on. But no, mm-hmm. Buffy tells Kendra to get lost, and Kendra says she was sent there for a reason. That her watcher told her that a very dark power is about to rise in Sunnydale, and yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, but like, when is it not? Right. I mean, it's this Sunnydale. is not exactly news. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's big enough with all the dark shit happening in Sunnydale. It's big enough they sent the other Slayer, which That's is true. something. Um, so <laughs> Buffy gets in her face and asks what her big plan is and whether she's going to start attacking people at random. And Buffy, that's the next Slayer you treat like shit, <laughs> not this one. <laughs> Consequences, Buffy. Consequences. So it's a good thing Kendra is disciplined because Buffy is mocking her from like three inches away and I can't... Whatever. Yes. Well, and Kendra also is lacking in social convention, so she doesn't necessarily know just how poorly she's being treated. True. Yeah. She's just, she's just being... She is not letting her emotions interfere, which mm-hmm. is for the best because Buffy would... Buffy, <laughs> Buffy should not try this when her Slayer healing is fucked up, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it is, and you can tell by how she's dressed. Yes. Still. She's Schlumpy. still dressed in Schlumpy, Schlumpy. Schlumpy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Buffy asks why Kendra attacked her, and Kendra says she thought she was a vampire. Buffy mocks her again, and Kendra points out that Buffy was making out with a vampire. <laughs> right by a dead guy. <laughs> well, I just love the, the Willow. Buffy would never oh, yeah. do that. Yeah, Willow jumps to her defense because <laughs> making out with vampires is bad, except that, yes, Buffy does that. Uh, <laughs> Just, just with Angel. Just with Angel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Willow is also starting to be a bit cut with Kendra, I have to say. Though she does clarify that Buffy doesn't make out with any other vampires besides Angel. Um, 
And Kendra knows immediately that Angel means Angelus, which means she's doing better than Giles. Yes. Uh, she read about him, and he's one of the baddest of the bad. And this little part is too cool because they do the same thing with Faith way later on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giles confirms that Angel is okay, and Buffy says uh, that he has a gypsy curse. And Kendra's all, okay, what? <laughs> and I, I wouldn't know what the fuck they were talking about either, <laughs> Kendra. This, this cracks up when Giles says, oh, no, he's okay now. Yeah, I know. Like, no one offers her a real, a real explanation. No. And I understand Buffy not offering it, but Giles. Any like, of them. Anybody. All you have to say is, he has a soul now. Yeah. That's it. And <laughs> and that's, like, Kendra oh. will be able to weigh that, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and uh, so Kendra's like, meh, he seemed pretty evil when I was locking him in the cage in the sunlight and all. And I mean, when I didn't uh, do that. Uh, <laughs> Buffy is, of course, super pissed off about Kendra trying to barbecue Angel. And yes, naturally she would be. But when Kendra found him, he was beating on a human. And then he vamped out and started kind of being an ass. So I'm I'm with Kendra on yeah. her assumption. We We are at the comedy of errors Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so, you know, Buffy should probably just, you know, a little bit of, like, a little empathy, perhaps. Like, yeah. oh, it probably looked pretty bad. Um, so he's the only vampire with a soul at this point, and Buffy seems to think that, that what, Kendra should assume that vampires are good until proven otherwise? Because <laughs> Buffy certainly doesn't do that when she's on patrol. That's you know, just true. be happy she didn't stake him, Buffy. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> he vamped out. <laughs> And was condescending, so he deserved it. (laughs) Do not condescend. Uh, So Angel is not enjoying his barbecue at all. Um, (laughs) This party sucks. I don't know why not. Well, Um, and here we see another psychological aspect is mm. vampires seem to be affected more or less by the things that bother them with their psychological state. Mm -hmm. Like later we see Angel practically walk into the sun multiple times. Um, and he's fine, but here he's really panicky. Same thing with like crosses and stuff. We see, we see vamps be able to handle crosses unless they're kind of panicked and afraid and then they can't. Um, so it seems to, since the root of the slayer power is demonic and the root of the vampire power is demonic, I'm pretty sure it's very similar. Yeah. And and we see, you know, and we see again that, that angel and Buffy don't make each other stronger. Mm -hmm. They make each other weaker. They don't mean to. But the, it just happens in their relationship. They both become weaker when they're together. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Willie opens the cage and drags him out by his feet, dumping him through a trap door that leads to the sewers. With and a red light in the sewers, so yes, it's not a safe a haven. Big old red light. <laughs> and, you know, this this would seem silly to have a trap door into the sewers, except that a good chunk of Willie's clientele is made up of vampires and demons, so it's actually kind of brilliant. Oh, yeah. Well, and this is an old speakeasy, you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's easy for them to pop in for a drink without being spotted or going into the sun. It's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. One of the few good ideas Willie has, actually. Um <laughs> So Willie hops down too, and we see in the background there's Spike waiting patiently. Willie turns Angel over to Spike, and Spike pays him with a little extra slap and a warning not to tell anyone what happened to Angel, or if he'll have his guts for garters. <laughs> uh, I think Spike would wear garter guts with pride. Oh, yes. 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 Prance around in them. Um, <laughs> he could get some tips from e- Giles, perhaps. Yes. Well, and, <laughs> absolutely. Well, in either kind, he would wear either the um, the uh, order of the garter, kind of garter around the calf, or he would wear the, the full Frankenfurter garter. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if, if it made Drew happy, I'm pretty sure he'd do anything. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Spike's vamp helpers drag Angel away, and Willie asks what the plan is. Spike's thinking dinner in a movie. He doesn't want to rush into anything because he's been hurt before. And hey, there's some more cargo for your ship, Snart. <laughs> a little date. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I 
think they might have some history there. I mean, this is so reminiscent. The way he he chides here mm-hmm. and jokes, it is so reminiscent of Ethan with yeah, Ripper. Absolutely, it's so similar. And we, yeah, yep. I just ship them both. They have a. They have. I ship the, both of the pairs. Yes, yeah. they have the past going on. They do mm-hmm. the past <laughs> <laughs> at the summer's home. Cordy is explaining to the cosmetics rep that she's both a winter and a summer. <laughs> she is boring even the evil she's, guy. She's so good. She's so awesome. He asks if she is perchance hiding any other ladies around the house anywhere. And she says that they're away and starts to give him career advice. Uh, when she notices that he definitely has sort of a bug kind of centipede thing going on. And her uh, false slayer senses, her shadow slayer senses, <laughs> kick right in. Yes, they do. Uh, she's freaked, and Xander comes down the stairs and asks what's going on. She hides behind Xander and asks, then uh, says that the, the sales guy was just leaving. Xander tries to shoo him out, but then there's a centipede going into his ear, and that's just about enough for both of them. And <laughs> they t- they very wisely run as Norman Fister turns into a big pile of bugs. I love the popping of the bugs, too. Oh, yeah. It's so awesome. Uh, they go for the back door, but he's there, too, so he's got some pretty good magical mojo going on, for sure. Uh, they find their way into the basement and prove that in addition to its normal thousand and one uses, duct tape is also very use- helpful in keeping demonic centipedes out of your stairwell. <laughs> Good to know. Yes. Yes. Uh, Buffy and Kendra have arrived at Willie's, and Kendra notes that there aren't any ashes. Um, Buffy, it seems baffled for a second, but Kendra <laughs> explains that she didn't actually kill Angel, so she's also good at Slayer CSI. Seems to be part of the Slayer <laughs> powers. Um, <laughs> Buffy, Buffy says that since Angel isn't dead, she isn't going to kill Kendra. That's so not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Buffy's just... She's wow. <laughs> she's going all Slayer too. She's wow. Yeah, she's just Slayer about her boyfriend. Uh, so we said it wasn't cool when Xander threatened Buffy with death and when she was bad, and it still isn't. Yeah. But don't worry though, Buffy, you'll get your chance at Slayer murder at a later time. <laughs> <sighs> well, her shadow self, shat, uh, her current shadow self will get there too. Yeah, no kidding. Yep. Uh, so Kendra, to her credit isn't even a little intimidated by this whole thing and calmly stares Buffy down. Uh, after all, Angel is a vampire. You know, vampire, vampire slayer, dead vampire. <laughs> kind of how it works. <laughs> um, Willie comes in commenting on the tension. Just the normal kind, not the sexual kind with Kendra. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is none. There. Just to clear, none, yeah. none. Which is why it's so striking when there's so much later um yes. <laughs> and kendra rushes him knocking him on the ground and saying that willie is well a snitch <laughs> <laughs> i love her enthusiasm oh yeah i love kendra's enthusiasm she's all slayer man. Yeah, she's this is how like... slayers have always been slayers have always been balls to the wall kick the shit out of you ask questions later well, i just love like it. the inclination that you have because like right here i do have a moment where i understand what when buffy's like dude but but dude. Then, okay but then so so buffy doesn't like that either because Kendra did it and she says that Willie won't be able to answer questions if he's unconscious even though Kendra was just roughing him up a little bit like Angel did mm-hmm. so then this is where I get so confused so Buffy slams Willie against the bar and asks where Angel is <laughs> and this is so confusing okay so if I could just recap the recap <laughs> <laughs> when Buffy does something it's good uh-huh. and when another slayer does the same thing it's bad I mean, yes, I, I know that's how this works later, but I'm just establishing that this is the rule now as well. Right? Yeah, it is. Well, and it's not, <laughs> there's layers to it because that's the first interpretation. 
Uh, the other interpretation would be that Buffy's mind and her actions are completely out of sync. Right. So she's doing, you know, the same thing. She's doing the Slayer instinct and all the while saying, I'm not a Slayer. I'm not really doing this. This right. isn't really going on. This isn't how we do things. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Which is why it's so confusing. Yeah. And it, it's, it's also hilarious. It is really funny. Because she, she can't help herself. It's I like, uh, like we were kind of comparing Kendra to a dog. Right. You know, like just an attack dog. Right. And so it's like, I am not part of a pack. I am alone. I am alpha. Oh, where are we running to? Okay, I will go too. Exactly. <laughs> like, Buffy, take a look around. Yeah. Dude, you're a slayer who's currently kicking the shit out of Willie and then telling the other slayer not to kick the shit out of Willie. Yeah. But it is funny. <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> so Willie says that he saved Angel and that Angel is going underground. Kendra says that they should go back to Giles for their orders and Buffy says she doesn't take orders uh, and, and that she does things her own way. Yeah. And I'm too confused to get all excited about this so nice nice buffy um i'm i'm glad uh kendra's comeback is great too though no wonder you died <laughs> zing yes. like, although that needed a couple of snaps it did it needed a couple of snaps although <laughs> although she followed Zan, or if she'd followed um giles's orders she would have died without her friends right exactly and that's what i mean <laughs> And because what Kendra said was not accurate, but it was yeah. damn funny. It is funny. <laughs> I'm sure she's imagining her watcher scenario. Right. And her, you know. Her, her watcher probably would have had an actual plan to deal with the master and all this other stuff and like yes. a diagram. Well, and also they, she's a cannon fodder. Right. She is just. And, I, that, and that's the thing. If, if Kendra dies, she's fine with it. Yeah. Well, she's and that, that is something that sets Buffy apart is that yes. Buffy doesn't think of herself as cannon fodder. Right. She isn't willing. Like, the cruciamentum is the perfect example. And we're gonna, that episode is going to be like five hours long. Longer than this one, even. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when we finally get to that one, because there's so much in it. But that is the example of the fact that we are just throwing these girls into a meat grinder yes. constantly. Yes. Knowing that we're going to get another one. And Buffy's the first one to say, uh-uh. Right. No. And that's why she's eventually able to fulfill the destiny she does. Right. But a big part of that is also going to be being a bitch, being a rebel, trying to find a different way of doing this Slayer thing. Completely losing herself in the yeah. process. And losing her mind, losing her everything. Yep. Um, Killing so, another Slayer. Yeah. 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 So, like, <laughs> we are we're going on. She's having to break every single rule to find a way out of this web. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why she's having to be a bitch. That's why we're having to do these things. Well, and, and as I as I went on and on and on about, and from lie to me, she's the one who chooses. Mm-hmm. She's the chosen one, but she's the one who chooses. Yeah. Buffy will make her own path and make her own decisions, and I'll be back on board with Buffy as soon as she stops being an asshole. Oh yeah. Well, I'll be <laughs> on board with Buffy and and be mad at her for being an asshole. Y- yeah. Absolutely. It's just hard for me to be raw raw Buffy right now because she's yeah. being rude. She's being <laughs> fucking rude, dude. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like the rudeness. I can live in the duality. I like it when she's badass yeah. Buffy, and I, I love it when she's give no fucks Buffy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love all that stuff. Rude Buffy, I, I have a hard time with. I want to just get back to being like badass yes. Buffy. Well, I, I will admit, I have some frustration directed at some other aspects of my life right now. Mm-hmm. And so this latest watch through, I have been less frustrated with Buffy than I have in the past because I am getting a lot of catharsis from <laughs> seeing somebody be so blunt with yeah. someone that... They just want to be blunt with. So <laughs> I am relishing a little bit in that more than I normally would. Yeah. It's, <laughs> just for me, it's just, I like blunt. I just don't like the rudeness. Yeah. She's being just so like in her face and being so 
Cordelia, like you know, mm-hmm. like the bad Cordelia. That, yeah, you know, no, and the and Cord- that is... Cordy has worked so hard to get away from. Yeah, the Buffy no, is back and, to and, that point, and, and I, I am totally with you. I yeah. just am also my mirror neurons are very satisfied. <laughs> just, <laughs> I guess I wish it wasn't directed at Kendra because yeah. Kendra's just doing her job. Uh, and uh, also, um, <laughs> the eye roll may actually be a Slayer power because. <laughs> Buffy snits at her and Kendra does a fantastic one. And I don't blame her because to a Slayer who has been trained in the traditional way, this is absolutely a trip to crazy town. (laughs) Can you gift this eye roll for us? I'll see. Okay. (laughs) I'll see if I can grab it. So uh, Willie, clearly having no idea how to handle violent people, um, (laughs) asks if either of them have have considered modeling, specifically the nude kind, which goes over about as well as you'd expect. But sadly, (laughs) there is no beat down and they leave. Um, (laughs) But they do get to unify. Yes, they do. For just a moment, they are together. Yes. Yes. They, They get to do like the unison look. Look at each other momentarily in like the fuck, and then, and then leave. leave together. <laughs> in a lovely overhead shot, we see Drusilla sleeping. Oh yeah, yeah. Through uh, the lace, it's like cobwebs, and it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, Spike wakes her, and uh, she says she was dreaming that they were in Paris. And Spike had a branding iron, kinky. Yeah, she seems <laughs> pretty excited about that. Uh huh. <laughs> Spike's excited to show Drew the gift he got for her, uh, and she says there were worms in her baguette. <laughs> uh. I couldn't figure this one out. Uh, is it bad for vampires? She likes leeches. I mean, certainly she could be dreaming about Norman Fister, cosmetic salesman extraordinaire as well. I'm not sure. No, I I think it was just adding to the weird. Excellent. This one. I mean, I I tend to always try and find meaning in what she's saying, but she's just coming out of a dream. And why not just make yeah. it a little weird? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spike drags Angel in, bound and gagged like Miss Edith and also Sheila in Schoolheart, uh, delightedly announcing that he's brought Drew's sire. Uh, Spike says that they all they need is a full moon and Angel dies and Drew will be the picture of undead health once again. Uh, <laughs> he kisses her hand passionately and calls her his black goddess and I'm completely distracted by Juliet Landau's arm and shoulder muscles. Yeah, wow. She's buff. Woo. Uh, yeah, I can see why he's so worked up. <laughs> <laughs> he calls her his ripe, wicked plum. Sounds like Drew hasn't been healthy enough for them to have vampire sexy times lately. And Drew says it's been forever, which is a bummer. Uh, they make out while Angel tries unsuccessfully to escape his bindings. Um, <laughs> he has that kind of like, oh, God, really? Right. Can't <laughs> believe this. Uh, Drew asks Spike to let her have Angel until the moon. Uh, Spike supports that, but warns her not to kill him because they need him for the ritual. Oh, Spike, but watch remember. his face. Yeah. Yeah. He, this yes. is jealousy. Yeah. Until, and oh. she clarifies that she's going to torture him. Yeah, because, yeah, mm-hmm. Spike is like, hey, what are you going to do with him? Torture him. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. But he's still not sure. Yeah. And nor should he be. <laughs> right. Because yeah. these two, look out. <laughs> a little overmatched, Spike, gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drew's definitely feeling a little perkier because she tells Spike to bring Angel to her and taunts him, saying he's been a very bad daddy and slapping him smartly across the face. And Angel gives her a look. Yeah. A look. That's that's not a, a wholly not happy look it's it's a they've got a past yeah they have a past Mm -hmm. and just like they had a lot of chemistry in the park when she touches him Uh his breathing definitely picks up he has some some entrained neurochemical responses to this woman Um, at the very least pavlov's turned on vampire yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um but yeah so when she slaps him and he looks back at her there's something going on yeah, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot more sparky, under the surface sparky, sparky. there. I don't know if this is David Boreanaz or Angel, but 
Whew. Yeah. One yeah. of them liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at school, Giles tells Kendra he talked to her watcher, and they've agreed that the two Slayers should, you know, work together. Uh, Buffy snits about how that'll be a treat. Um, uh, naturally, uh, but Willow is agreeing with everything Buffy says, too. I'm like, fucking hell, it would be worth the ass-kicking to smack Buffy when she's like this. You know? Yeah. Hmm. But Kendra, that's what Xander's for. Yeah, exactly. And he's busy. Yeah. Kendra completely ignores Buffy's bitchery and good for her. She asks Giles about the details of Spike and Drew, and Giles says he thinks that the dark power her watcher is referring to. And I think, actually, with the way, way that Giles says that the dark power could be either Drusilla or the other dark power that would pop up in a few weeks, or both. Oh, yeah. Just the, the way that they said it the first time, it was like, oh, it's true. But the way yeah. that Giles says it, the second time, it's like it's too emphatic. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, sort of, I think maybe it's all the other stuff that's coming up. Yeah, because sure. Drew is bad, but not as bad. I'd say she's equally bad. Yeah. And bad in a different way. But there's a, there's a compounding I, I Yeah, there's there's something about the combination of the two bad things mm-hmm. that makes it really, really fucking bad. Yeah, which leads to the ultimate bad uber thing. bad. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, just watch this season again. Yeah, and uh, we just, we've already spoiled so much. I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, just, we'll just get, we'll get on a tangent. We don't want to mm-hmm. do too much tangent because we've already been recording for like a million hours. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, we're at a, it's a, two hours now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Giles says that Drew is the one-two punch of evil and nutty as a fruitcake, making her <laughs> extra super dangerous, and we could not agree more. Uh, Kendra is all about stopping Spike, and God damn it, Buffy, let the adults talk for a second. So, yeah, so Buffy is, you know, okay, I think Faith has the right idea. Punch her, Kendra. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Buffy condescends that it's more complicated than that, even though Kendra knows that and clearly had no intention of just writing in there like John Wayne. She was just getting up to speed on the plan. Stop, Spike. I don't see the problem at all. Giles tells Kendra that the Order of Taraka is after Buffy, and Kendra knows exactly who they are since she takes slaying seriously because she's, she, um, she thinks that being a superhero is fucking awesome. And sorry, I'm just happy to have someone on the show who agrees with me. <laughs> Kendra has read all about the Order of Taraka in the writings of Dramius. Giles is all excited and asks which volume it was. Uh, she says it was the sixth, and Buffy asks how she knows all this stuff um, from reading, Buffy. <laughs> like, you open a book and move your eyes around until they focus on stuff? And Kendra's like, um, you know, reading. Uh, <laughs> Buffy accuses her of having a lot of free time. Uh, Kendra says she studies because it's part of her job, you know, being the slayer. At all. Apparently, it's all in the Slayer Handbook. Okay. <laughs> Do you think that the, it's like the handbook for the recently deceased from Beetlejuice? Oh, my God. Like, everything Buffy needs to know is in there. Like, Chapter 17, Resisting the Thrall. Oh, uh, yeah. Chapter, chapter 29, Negotiating with an ancient, ancient Hell God. And <laughs> Chapter 34, The Turok Khan and You. Like, do you think... <laughs> Like, do you think that it's all in there? Like, like if she had just read it. I mean, it's possible it's even, like, mystically oriented to the Slayer, so that it has... Oh, yeah. Well, my theory is that that's what Giles puts down on the desk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, um, I mean, it's, it is, I think, absolutely, and, and the internet also, um, because Buffy expresses surprise that there's a Slayer handbook, and, yeah, I mean, I, we, and also all the internet, and probably everybody uh, is in agreement that the big ass book of vampire that Giles giddily thumped in front of Buffy in the first episode was the Slayer Handbook. And she refused it. <laughs> she and, did. She's and like, that's not what I'm looking like, for. Well, 
then no you will never get it then yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean it would be so cool (laughs) if it was if it was mystically oriented so even if willow opened it she couldn't read it because only the slayers allowed to read it because it's customized to like the stuff that she's going to deal with yeah like would be (laughs) like mysterious friends and relatives had it a troubleshooting guide see a good example (laughs) of exactly that at wolfram and hart Uh absolutely so we absolutely it exists exists. yeah yeah so (laughs) yeah and buffy never goes back to giles and is like i want to see a slayer handbook right now just whatever yeah it's so weird because it involves reading and we can't that's true well and she's also all triggered and distracted and you know but even like a year later she doesn't go back and say i want to see this book it's true right and but he also doesn't uh present it he does not yeah so everyone's at fault yep absolutely (laughs) i mean even kendra isn't like do you want to borrow mine (laughs) you know well buffy's been such a bitch i don't blame kendra at all for not letting her borrow her slayer handbook (laughs) (laughs) but if it is slayer oriented wouldn't it be funny oh do you want to borrow mine oh you can't read it ha i must be the slayer then i'm the slayer yes that'd be awesome oh maybe if it is slayer oriented though maybe buffy can't read it now like there's, there's like the window yeah. that she missed? Well, because she died. Oh, she's not the real Slayer anymore, so she can't read the handbook. Yeah, she's not the, the freshest Slayer, so to speak. Well, she's, I mean, well, she's not in the line. Yeah. Well, does, doesn't she feel less than fresh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We all laugh at that line in the movie. I always do. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah, so maybe she missed her chance. She just can't, you know? But she never asks, so we never know. That's true. But... Who knows? <laughs> so uh, Willow also wants to know about the Slayer Handbook, and Buffy wants to know why she doesn't have one. Willow is also hoping for a t-shirt, which would undoubtedly read, I'm a Slayer, ask me how. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for the Gerard t-shirt, that's what I want. <laughs> well, we have it on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Giles says that after meeting Buffy, he realized that Buffy and books weren't really going to go together, um, and uh, Buffy gets a little whiny about this, but Giles asks Kendra if she can show him the part of Dramius Six that has the information about the Order of Taraka, because it was too boring even for him (laughs) Kendra agrees that it was hard to get through and they share a laugh of course Buffy gets all snippy and mocks them to Willow about planet pocket protector um Buffy Willow's on that planet too that's true just FYI although but for the first time she's actually handling it appropriately and that is waiting till everyone's out of earshot before complaining she does say it pretty loudly though so it's just fortunate that they weren't actually that they were talking that's true yeah um also Cordelia is wondering if she can have her attitude back for the next scene (laughs) Okay, thanks. Um, (laughs) Giles tells Buffy that Snyder has been snooping around for her and advises her to make an appearance at the career fair. Uh, So finally, he's embraced the secret identity thing. We saw a little bit before, but now, finally. Uh, Kendra asks if Buffy is a student and has saved up some snark during her ice cool stroll, looking Buffy up and down and asking if she was, perhaps, a cheerleader. (laughs) Zing. Nice one, Kendra. She did a little snap on there, too. That was so great. <laughs> Buffy kind of deserved that one and a little oh, yeah. more. Uh, and also a face punch, by the way. Uh, Giles says that Buffy had to abandon cheerleading and looks like he really wants to tell Kendra why. <laughs> then decides they should go and look at the book instead. <laughs> As they walk away, Buffy tells Willow that Kendra is a she-Giles and Willow says it's creepy despite being one herself. Okay. <laughs> This is the problem with having friends and spirits that will tell you what you want to hear rather than what you need to hear. Yes. And Buffy's only child syndrome comes pouring out. She's thinking that Giles wishes she was more into books like Kendra. Willow reassures her that Giles takes care of that part so Buffy doesn't have to. 
but Buffy's worried about how well they're getting along, and then there's more mocking of Kendra, of course. Uh, Willow says that Buffy will always be Giles' favorite, and she's his daughter, Slayer, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And also the real Slayer. So this will continue, by the way. Buffy's friends will always insist that she's the real Slayer, even when there are clearly other real Slayers, and the other Slayers are arguably more legitimate, because if they die, a new Slayer is called. So... Not not so much with Buffy's death, of course. We talked about, so no new Slayers. Buffy dies. But mm-hmm. new Slayers, the other Slayers die. Um, so her friends will even... <laughs> they will even keep saying that Buffy's death will call a new Slayer even after it's been proven that it doesn't work that way anymore. <laughs> yeah. Her friends are not good at calling Buffy on her shit, is what I'm getting at. And the rare times they do, they do it completely the wrong way. They do. And the only one who does even try most of the time is Xander. Right. And, and sometimes he goes way overboard. He goes way too far, <laughs> but he's the only one who tries. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The spirit is like, yay. And then Giles, Giles tries about right about now, but after now, he just mm-hmm. goes right into being the dad and he is just supporting Buffy even when he shouldn't, when yeah. he really needs to be the dad and rein her in. Well, he's, uh, he's exhibited a little too much of his darkness for a moment yeah. to be going anywhere near that. And I yeah. think... Um, for him to be able to relate to Buffy in a way that would help her, he would have to approach his darkness too closely. Right. And it's, you know, as we see with Willow later, you you got to tiptoe around that shit. Yeah. And when, so. and then when he does, I mean, he does, of course, if you, you talked about the cruciamentum, mm-hmm. that's the ultimate betrayal that he does. And oh, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's just and never... they don't recover from that no. in a Watcher Slayer capacity. No, they all. don't. They don't. Um, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because Buffy... As as all teenagers do, need somebody to, to tell them right from wrong and to be mm-hmm. strict about it. It's just unfortunate that nobody knows quite how to finesse that with Buffy. Yeah. Because well, she has superpowers. Yeah, she needs a little true. bit of help, like getting reined in. Well, <laughs> it's sad that we that she has to remind people that she's a kid. Yes, absolutely. You know, and that's something that's consistent because she does have so much power and she is so responsible and she does see things. And when she is con- in control and cool and clear, she is the adult in the room. Absolutely. But when she's not, she does get to be a kid. She has yet to mature. Yes. She's right. <laughs> I mean, she Buffy's keep, right. Yeah, she's the one who keeps pointing all this stuff out. Like, yeah. hey, I'm still a teenager. Hi. <laughs> Treat me like one. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and nobody really knows how to do that at all. Not even her mom. Oh, especially not her mom. <laughs> Joyce. And and of course, these people are all metaphors for what's going on in Buffy's psyche, so that explains some of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um so but Buffy clarifies that she's thinking that maybe being replaced wouldn't be such a bad thing. Uh Willow thinks that quitting forever wouldn't be so good, and Buffy agrees that even if she went to Disneyland, it would get boring after a while. Amen. Uh <laughs> <laughs> she's thinking that she could get an actual job that pays money and have the normal life she was telling Angel she wanted in part one of this episode. And she um, fantasizes about and uh she fantasizes about this again Mm -hmm. later yeah yes she does (laughs) (laughs) um so you know who isn't enjoying her nice normal life right now cordelia (laughs) 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 she's still trapped in joyce's basement with xander they snipe at each other and she doesn't like xander's big plan which involves waiting for buffy to save them and honestly buffy's too busy right now being jealous bitch pants uh, to wonder where her heart and her shadow self are and her mind and spirit have forgotten that she even has a heart which explains the bitchiness so it could be a while (laughs) uh cordy wants to leave and xander doesn't and they snipe and snipe and snipe and snipe and totally make out (laughs) with swelling romantic music 
<laughs> so good. And it's so satisfying us. because we've almost gotten here a couple yep. times. Yep. Like and the, the show has the show's flow. been doing this since uh, Halloween, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. We just had to get them in a situation where they couldn't get away from yeah. each other. Where in they time. were alone. Where there was no there was no willow there to stop them. Nobody yeah. was there to stop them. They're just in a room together. <laughs> and then they decide they need to get out of the basement right now. <laughs> They run to the door and it looks like the coast is clear, so they take off for the for the the front door of the house. However, Norman Fister is quite the sneaky centipede guy, so he's hidden himself on the ceiling and drops right on Cordelia. Of course, that means that about a zillion little centipedes have dropped on Cordelia, and she screams <sighs> as someone most certainly would Ugh. scream a lot. And Xander and Xander just books it without even giving a shit. And Xander grabs the garden hose and sprays her off for you know. A really long time. Yeah. Because he's a teenage boy. Um, <laughs> and, well, he's a teenage boy and she's Charisma Carpenter. Yeah. Yes. And if I had Charisma Carpenter's body, I would have just taken the dress off. I would have too. Yeah. Absolutely. I just like, I'll just leave it behind. It's <laughs> full of bugs. We can go to and, school. And I, will, I will say, um, as an, someone who appreciates the female form, um, I would not have sprayed the hose that long. But I would have looked, because I do look every single time. <laughs> okay, and I do have to clarify, I don't sound like a total pervert on this whole show, because I am 40 years old, and it sounds like I'm lusting after people who are like 16, 17. Oh, no, no, no. Chris McCarpenter was a little older. Yeah. I mean, when Faith comes by, you're all going to think I'm a pederast, but I am so not, okay? <laughs> I I am go- I'm coming at this as... I, I was in my mid-twenties, I think, when I started watching Buffy, which is still a little old, but it's not fair that they don't get older and I do, okay? Well, so, yes. And I am I am in the same age as these people, the, the actors and the characters would be today. Our, the age difference is not that big. So yes, yes, I'm technically lusting after teenagers. It's not the same thing. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and anybody who might think differently, just think about the way you felt about Emma Watson while she was still in Harry Potter. And shut your face. <laughs> True. Because um, I was old enough at that point where I did not lust after Hermione at yes, all. But yes. I know plenty of people who did, and they can all shut their faces. Right. It's <laughs> a good point. So it's, <laughs> this, it's, the same, it's about the, the difference in ages and what yes. they, when you first started lusting after them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also <laughs> biology can't be dictated by social convention. The, the biological... <laughs> You know, appreciation right. and lusting can't be necessarily controlled <laughs> just by well, the fact of saying, oh, well, this person is one day un- under this part <laughs> right. of the part where they, sh- or the, of the time on earth that they should have been here before I can think about them this way. <laughs> right. Like, we don't, we don't well, work and, like that. And it's, it's sort of like, so. yeah, and, and it's sort of, I sort of imprinted at the age I started watching the show. And mm-hmm. so I still think that these, yeah, well, totally. And, yeah. I still think that people who are seventeen are attractive because I did then, but I do not. Mm-hmm. I did not think that that Emma Watson was was attractive when she was. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think you have any cause to feel bad. Yeah, I just it, yeah. I realized it was I, I was I was kind of drifting off to sleep a couple of nights ago. I'm like, oh my god, I sound like a pederast. <laughs> this is well, bad. And so I have Carpenter to. Carpenter at the time was still within range for you to be absolutely just fine. She was like twenty eight. But Eliza Dushku was like seventeen. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> It's confusing but, because... But we are... But she's... But I think she's only like four years younger than I am now. Yeah. And so Faith is only four years younger than I am now, you know? Yeah. So the ages... I, we're, this, we're about the same age, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and it's... And they stay young con- forever, and I do not. And it is confusing <laughs> because we have 
you know, actors who are in their 30s and actors who are in their teens. Right. And they all look approximately about the right age (laughs) for what they're doing. Okay. If it's okay for Nicholas Brendan to make out with Eliza Dushku, it's okay for me to lust after her when I'm 40 years old. There you go. (laughs) When I started lusting after her when I was in my Mm mid-20s. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's totally (laughs) I seriously don't think anyone has any reason to feel bad. Okay. I just don't. Because I, I realize, I mean, it's realizing that my name is going out here with this shit. Like, oh my God, if people from my work <laughs> listen to this, I'm going to get totally fired. Because <laughs> no, you're not thinking about acting on it. You're not going to like go chase down a 17 year old. Oh God, no. Yeah. See? So it's not. No. No. That's gross. No. I, I, I like that. It's really see? gross. But, exactly. So. But it's because I imprinted when I was around the same mm-hmm. age that this is what happens. That's true. <laughs> well, and there's no such thing as a thought police. It is when you're on a podcast and talking about it. Not really. Right. Because I'm going to delete those fucking comments. So, no. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, there's, there's no such so, thing as a thought police. It's, we were fine. So, I'm, so after that large digression, <laughs> <laughs> um, they peel away in the Queen's Mobile. <clears throat> <laughs> At the career fair, Buffy tells Willow that her options, and here we go, according to the test, are law enforcement and environmental design. Mm-hmm. They're thinking it means landscaping because of her pro-shrub stance. That's actually not that at all, even though being a landscaper would be really, really cool. Environmental design is a huge field, which includes any profession that creates a human-designed environment. This does indeed include landscape architecture, but it also includes regular architecture, urban planning, and interior design. Interior design, Buffy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of like being a buyer. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Kind of like being a personal shopper or the interest that Cordy was taking in the interior design of Buffy's house. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, There are a ton of different careers that fit under the environmental design umbrella, and a lot of them are pretty new, concentrating on solar power and other alternative power sources. Here's an interesting tidbit that will delight um, probably just me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) From the wiki, uh, the first traceable concepts of environmental designs focused primarily on solar heating, which began in ancient Greece around 500 BCE. At the time, most of Greece had exhausted its supply of fuel uh, of wood for fuel, leading architects to design houses that would capture the solar energy of the sun. Greek houses were built with south-facing facades, which received little or no sun in the summer, but would receive full sun in the winter, warming the house. Get out! Cool, right? That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so it continued with the Romans, as anyone who knows about Romans would expect, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> their improvements included window glass and greenhouses and a whole bunch of other things. Huh. Right? Well... Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. Back from my nerd vacation. Uh, so <laughs> I like your nerd vacation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Buffy doesn't want to be a landscaper, which means it doesn't really matter that she missed the landscaping booth the previous day, and is only uh, is only left with the terrible, terrible option of being a badass, superpowered cop. <clears throat> <laughs> Buffy notices Oz looking at Willow and does the look but don't look thing. Uh, <laughs> Willow knows Oz, of course, from their adventures in Canapé, uh, and Vivaldi, uh, and tells Buffy that it's uh, just a computer nerd solidarity thing. Buffy isn't so sure, which probably means she'd make a really good cop, yes. <laughs> but whatever, because Oz has decided to come over and say hello. I want to um, create a dating app called uh, Vivaldi and Canapé. <laughs> I'd be all over that. I love food. And Vivaldi. <laughs> Uh, Willow notes that Oz's hair is brown and of course Oz says oh yeah sometimes Uh, (laughs) he asks if she's decided to work in the land of computers and somehow he's gotten the idea that it involves wearing a suit which it doesn't 
Uh, sometimes I wear a tie, uh, but that's definitely not a requirement of any kind, obviously, because I'm a girl. Um, <laughs> uh, we did have to not wear jeans for a holiday party a few years ago, and that was very strange for us, I have to say. Uh, I've also worked with people who have worked for Microsoft, and no, they don't require suits there either. In fact, one of those people, um, at least when I worked with him, was repeatedly sta- mistaken for a homeless person, and random people kept giving, trying to give him sandwiches. <laughs> Adorable. It's a true story. Uh, you know, because we live in Utah and people are really nice here, I have to say. They really are. Like, a lot. There's, there's, Including I mean, us. I have gone and bought people dog food. Like, yeah, when they have little dogs yeah. on the street and everything. Uh-huh, Absolutely. Yep. I've given folks sandwiches as well. Um, and this guy, it was funny because this guy makes like six figures, you know. Because, <laughs> He was smoking so, clove cigarettes at the time, oh, you know. Man. Like, he was like, but he looked, he, I mean, he So did. he's just really too good at the hipster thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seriously looked like a homeless person. That's really I'm funny. not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked working with him, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we 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 called him homeless yeah, John. That's really funny. Well, <laughs> the, this misconception about the suits and things—it's kind of like how all career advice centers around cubicles. Yes, which is like even places that you would normally have cubicles don't have cubicles. Um, yeah, anymore. I mean, there. I've a couple of my jobs. I've worked in cubes. Um, there were lower cubes. I had, I had one job where I worked in a high a high wall cube, mm-hmm. um, which I very much enjoyed, actually, because it's very quiet in there. <laughs> um, but all my cubes uh, since then, I mean, now I work from home. We all we all work remotely now um, from my, at my job, which is fantastic. But um, <laughs> it's so efficient. I get so much work done. Uh, but um, they're mostly low cubes. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you have a divider, so you have your own space. But you can see the person sitting right next to you and just, like, lean over and talk to them. So it's it's an open cube kind of, so yeah i mean technically there's a divider because you need your own space yeah because i mean it's gonna piss you off if somebody's like putting their shit down on your desk but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it's not it's not dilbert anymore mm-hmm. uh it never really was as much as i enjoy dilbert it's not that really yeah. um yeah so interesting misconceptions about that kind of thing mm-hmm. oz would be fine at any computer company and i work with a lot of Oz's, i have to say <laughs> <laughs> and have worked with a lot of Oz's <laughs> in my career that's awesome <laughs> so uh willow says she's not sure what she's going to do since she's still in high school mostly worried about that um and the other thing she's worried about she can't tell him about uh, <laughs> she asks if oz uh, she asks oz if he's going to go for it and he says that he's not much of a work of any kind of person <laughs> Uh, and maybe that's because he thinks that people in the land of computers have to wear suits. Uh, <laughs> Willow asks why he was in the extremely exclusive canopy club, and uh, he says he tests well, which is great until people try to give you jobs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Willow wonders if, if he wants to do, you know, anything, and he, he says that his goal is E-flat diminished ninth because it's a Madden's chord. This is, I have to say, a very unconventional flirting technique. Yes. <laughs> but it seems to be working. No, it totally works. <laughs> this would work on me. <laughs> and I don't get flirted with well. <laughs> I'm probably the world's worst flirter. Um, so, I mean, who knows? I think you have to... I, I think you have oh. to be cute like Seth Green is the problem. <laughs> so, uh, Buffy has unenthusiastically signed in at the law enforcement booth. Just then, the nice policewoman running it decides it's time to read the names on there. That's not suspicious. <laughs> the first name, naturally, is the last name that went on there, Buffy Summers. And Buffy raises her hand, and the nice police lady pulls out her sidearm and tries to shoot Buffy in the face. <laughs> um, welcome, third member of the Order of Taraka. It's nice to meet you. Yes. You would be the big kitty the cat. Time. <laughs> What's that? She's been there the whole time. She certainly has. Since, gosh... 
like three quarters of this whole yeah, episode. She's a, she was actually in a scene, I think, before we even started discussing the yes. Order of Taraka. Yeah, I think she was. She was like yeah. behind either Willow and Xander or Buffy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one. Oh, I think it was. It might have been when they were talking to Snyder. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the big kitty cat from Drusilla's cards, and um, so Buffy is still the Slayer, uh, even though she's been a little off. And she grabs the gun and gets the lady on the ground, and then hops behind a table for cover. She isn't down long though, as she stands up and yells for everyone to you know get the fuck away from the bullets that have been zipping <laughs> in their direction for the last few seconds. Good idea. It's Sunnydale. Yeah. Uh, Oz jumps in front of Willow, taking a bullet in the shoulder, and after a little bit of big kitty cat and mouse, Buffy jumps on. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy jumps on the fake cop, knocking the gun out of her hand. Buffy gets into her fighting stance, but the big kitty cat has another gun in an ankle holster, and things don't look so great for Buffy until Kendra pops out, having heard the shots and sprinted over from the library, no doubt, and kicks Yay. her in the face a few times. <laughs> uh, the big kitty cat jumps, poor, uh, grabs for Jonathan as a human shield and holds a knife to his throat until she can get out the door, and Kendra runs after her. Willow tells Buffy that Oz has been shot, and Kendra comes back to report that the kitty cat has escaped. Yeah, I know she has a name later, but I like saying kitty cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonathan is wondering if it was a demonstration of some kind. And yes, it was a demonstration on how you should never, ever fuck with a vampire slayer, Jonathan. I wish you'd been paying attention. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Jonathan's in his own world, as we will find out. Dude needs to... Later. Uh, yeah, he needs to focus. Uh, <laughs> in the library, Buffy is giving Giles a rundown on what happened, and Willow is wrapping Buffy's knee. Is Buffy's knee still bothering her with yeah. fight with and Cyclops? And she still has a Band-Aid on. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't see her re-injure her knee, but maybe I just, I, don't, no, I, I didn't miss that part, it. right? I think the idea is like that she banged it when she was running around. But, I mean, she's Slayer. Yeah, but this is, this her is normal. Slayer power is low. This like, is normal is... human level like, yeah. healing powers it right is. now. Well, this, and, and if you look at her wardrobe, she's still low. Now, this is one of, so we have a, a two-parter here. Mm-hmm. And we've had fewer costume changes in this whole two-parter than we have had in any other episode of Buffy. Maybe even any other ten minutes of Buffy. Yeah. Um, she is so schlumpy. Yeah. And everybody's <laughs> stuck. That's another yeah. thing. There's oh, no evolution point. for anybody. Everybody's stuck. And so, you know, a stuck energy can't heal anything. It can't move anything through. So, yeah, she's going to be hurt. Anytime she gets hurt, it's going to be there until she can move through it, just like she can't move past all of her old injuries of having, you know, fucking died. And then the evidence of her death is here, saying that (laughs) she's the slayer now. Good point. You know? Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, the the metaphorical injuries are definitely going to still be there. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like how they have worked all that stuff in. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. like... The the show doesn't say, hey, look, Buffy's knee still hurt. Just Willow's just wrapping it right in front of the camera. Yeah. I like how they work that stuff in. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so <laughs> in summary, um, <laughs> uh, the combination of assassins, uh, her previous death, and only child syndrome have certainly done a number on her slayer healing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little. As it would on anybody. Yes, I would think so, too. Uh, still no excuse for the rudeness, though. <laughs> There's no excuse for being that rude. I agree. <laughs> uh, Xander and a very, very cold and wet Cordelia come in. Xander has noticed that some mayhem seems to have happened at the career fair. Uh, Giles Giles fills him in, and Xander starts telling him about the centipedes, uh, but then he sees Kendra. Uh, Giles introduces them, (laughs) deciding not to get into detail about how the two slayers are totally alive at the same time thing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, not forthcoming. No. (laughs) Giles. Uh, Cordy still 
wet and cold and probably not too thrilled that Xander has uh, has little enough class to have just kissed her and then jumped right into getting all hubba hubba to another girl right in front of her, throws a hey, hi, nice to meet you in Kendra's direction, which is still nicer than Buffy has been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kendra's pretty rattled and let's remember that she's been living in seclusion. <laughs> um, Xander, of course, since he's not so much with the social skills and apparently Buffy's bitchery is contagious, pretty much dis- dismisses her at that point and goes over to talk <laughs> with everyone. <laughs> This one's broken. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I I would ask if these people were raised by wolves, but I've seen documentaries and wolves have better manners. <laughs> That's true. Hyenas, maybe. They still sniff and they're cute. You know, That's they're true, cute yeah. with each other. They'll bite other stuff, but they're sniffy, 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 growly, sniffy. It's not bad. It's not like this. Mm-hmm. This is bad. Um, Giles asks Xander what the assassin looks like, and poor Cordy pulls a centipede out of her hair and runs off to the shower. <laughs> Wait, Cordy, not the locker room of death. Oh, God. <laughs> Day's about to get so much worse. <laughs> Xander points at the centipede all that and <laughs> Buffy asks what's up with him and bug people and uh, Xander says that the difference this guy was a person of bugs and the other thing was a person who was a bug that's a fair point and and even now Buffy's parts are all sniping at each other now oh, it's yeah. like chaos man yeah it's not good well Buffy <laughs> no. is at war with herself completely and, yeah she's at war with two shadow selves yeah and her and her mind and her spirit and her heart yes. <laughs> And her love interest is nowhere to be found. Right. Well, yeah, he's he's being tortured by her other shadow self. Mm -hmm. So that's three actual shadow selves that she's (laughs) getting along with. (laughs) Plus angel shadow self, Spike. Plus, yeah, there's bad shit going down right now. It's it's not good. And it's gearing up for even worse shit. Gearing up beautifully, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) and I'm in shock because... Buffy says that while the assassins are serious, so is Kendra, and they share some slayerly eye contact. Not the kind that she has with Faith. Different kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's the straight kind. It's, it's, it's this, the camaraderie. The camaraderie. Yes. The, the, the straight thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I almost passed the fuck out because Buffy gave Kendra a compliment. Yeah. Well, Kendra awesome. came in and saved Buffy's life. And so, so she deserves one yeah. in the biggest way ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because she, she was either flooded with empathy because Xander was a dick to Kendra or because... She loves Kendra now because Kendra saved her ass. Yeah. And whatever it or is. Or Kendra proved that she wasn't actually there to take Buffy's place. Right. Absolutely. Which yeah. Kendra has never said she was going to. Well, no. But that is that <laughs> is the indication. Because she only in. Well, because only child syndrome. Yeah. This this new the, the new the new person in the family is going to take my place and I'm going to be out. That's yeah. I mean, Buffy's immediate assumption was that. Not that yeah. they could ever work together. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, she comes in. She's a, tech, a better fighter, technically, mm-hmm. than Buffy. Um, she's better at the slayer, slayer honing yes, than Buffy. Indeed. There is no reason uh, for Buffy to not think that she could be usurping her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, despite Kendra's being very... I mean, her, Kendra's watcher is still back at home. She's mm-hmm. obviously going back there. Yeah. <laughs> After she's done with whatever business she attends at the Hellmouth, she's going to go back home. Yeah, or her know, watcher will come out or whatever. But it's not like... Buffy has an inferiority complex because <laughs> she knows she's not a typical slayer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that she doesn't like slaying. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. Buffy doesn't like slaying, and Kendra does. And she also <laughs> died. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget that Buffy died. Kendra wouldn't be here unless Buffy died. Buffy died. In this whole episode, she knows that she's eventually going to die. So yes. the fate that she is trying to run away from by avoiding the whole career is question right in her face. is right in her face and saying, hey, did you know you died already? <laughs> Just so, a little. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> she has reasons. Yes. 
There's no yeah. reason for the rudeness. No. <laughs> you can be as pissed <laughs> as you want at somebody. Just, just don't be rude and bitchy. <laughs> so uh, more bad news happens, though. Uh, Giles has figured out the secret ingredient to Drusilla's healing ritual, and it's her sire. Giles doesn't seem to know who who, uh, who Drusilla's sire is, but Buffy sure does. Uh, as we can tell from her expression and all the angry pacing she's suddenly doing, Giles and Kendra conclude that the ritual will happen that night. Buffy clarifies that she what she already suspects, that a sire is a vampire who made Drew a vampire. She tells him it's Angel. Xander does the whole joking at the wrong time thing, and Willow smacks him really hard, which, <laughs> <laughs> which I know the spirit is all about the angel thing, and the heart knows it will never work, but these people have been so rude to Kendra, and he is not the most deserving of a smack from the group, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy asks Giles if the ritual will kill Angel, and yep, it sure will. Buffy already suspected that, though. She was just hoping it would have a different outcome. Uh, they have five hours to find the church, and everybody is on it. Willow reassures Buffy that they'll save Angel. Kendra, though, points out that their priority is stopping Drusilla, which I think Angel would have told them as well, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he has that priority. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Xander snaps at Kendra about how Angel is their friend, and she gives him the girl, please, look. <laughs> <laughs> and he admits he doesn't like Angel. <laughs> so so he's, so he's the heart is so clicked into this group thing <laughs> yeah. that he's, he hates Angel's ass. He hates Angel. And he still snaps at Kendra because yeah. he is so clicked into this he whole is. Buffy thing. But I do like that little bit of dialogue yeah. a lot. Well, it's, it's like he just comes to his senses. He's like, he gets caught up in this whole bullshit rude mm-hmm. business that Buffy's been doing which I mean yes she has her reasons but still yeah. they're totally being dicks they will be dicks again when we get our other slayer <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to bring new people in exactly and that's bad yes, but, <laughs> but then I love how he comes to his senses like oh wait Angel I hate Angel sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that couple of seconds of being nice couldn't last, and diplomacy is, is apparently not a slayer power. So Buffy gets in Kendra's face, <laughs> saying that their priorities aren't the same, and they but they seem to be working together at this point. She demands to know if Kendra is going to help her or get uh, or get out of her way, and Kendra does one of the better eye rolls ever in the world. <laughs> it's a two-parter, just like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and says That's that the one you should give. <laughs> I should. And she says she's on board. <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy says she's over it and Spike has pissed her off for the last time. Well, about that. <clears throat> okay, so this, though, is pretty awesome. Buffy, ever the man in the relationship, and the hero as well, says, you can attack me, you can send assassins after me, that's fine, but nobody messes with my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, note to future slayers who, unlike Kendra, actually do want Buffy's approval and love and all that, and after realizing they're never going to get it, want Buffy to kill them, this is the way to do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very effective. It is effective. Yes. And we have a very smart slayer in the future who will figure it out. Uh, Drusilla is so going to mess with Buffy's boyfriend now. <laughs> she's got <laughs> holy water and she's singing the lamb and is caught in the blackberry patch song. And he's all tied up. Uh, she says, my mummy ate lemons raw. Uh, she said she loved the way they made her mouth tingle. Then she tells him about her sister while pouring the holy water in his chest with a sizzle. Little Anne, her favorite was custard, brandied pears. Angel tries to talk to her, but she shushes him. I think Drew has more than earned this moment. Yes. I mean, she's talking about the family and Jealous viciously murdered. And centuries later, she still misses them and remembers everything about them. While it's true that Angel isn't the same guy as the guy who did all that stuff to her, I still find myself feeling empathy for Drew instead of Angel here. Yeah, well, and so... 
Drew is experiencing a remembrance of her past and the fact mm-hmm. that everyone around her died and she died. At the same time, our Slayer is having a crisis about her eminent death and her past death. It, well, and, and she's it's exactly the flip side. Yeah. Uh, Drew, everyone died but her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buffy, everybody lived but her. <laughs> yeah, and somebody yeah. else got a new life. Yep. And, they're, and they're both brought back as being different kinds of living dead girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it is. It's a beautiful flip. Yeah. And Angel's remorse is heartbreaking. It is. Like as hard as it is to watch. But there's just. I mean, there's there's just nothing he can say, though. I mean, yeah. Because Andrew goes on. Her sister also loved pomegranates, and she remembers how they made her skin all red uh, when she would eat them. And Drew asks, "Remember, little fingers, little hands, and oh dear, it wasn't just the pomegranates that made her skin red." Yeah. She asks if he remembers. Uh, I think he's starting to say, if I could, I'd bring them back or trade my life for theirs or something like that, which doesn't mean shit to someone whose family you've killed. And uh, Drew tells him, bite your tongue. They used to eat cake and eggs and honey until you came and ripped their throats out. She dumps the rest of the holy water on him and Angel screams, probably not just from the holy water either. And my goodness, Juliet Landau is so good in this scene. Drew is focused and completely sane and the scariest thing ever. She's just seething. She's vibrating with rage. Oh, yeah. Oh. She is. And Oof. she's not sick anymore. No, she, she has, has a mission. She has definitely gotten some power from this. This, uh, mm-hmm. Yes, an exchange of power, let's call it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> in the library, Giles is surprised that there are 43 churches in Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> no one else in the world is surprised. Um, in fact, we think that's probably less than half of what they really need. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially yeah. being in Salt Lake where there's like a church around every corner. Yeah, you, they need that kind of layout there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, it reinforces my idea that this place has a hell <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Willow's pretty sure the Hellmouth encourages prayer and yeah, no shit. And uh, Giles tell her, tells her to look for the ones that aren't currently in use. And Anthony Stewart Head comes by <laughs> and gives her a mint. Yeah, he and, like pulls and, uh, out a roll of mints. And Snard's boyfriend, Alex, is pretty sure that's an ad lib. And yeah. we are too after looking at it. Yeah, it's if you watch adorable. Allison Hannigan's face, it looks like it's one of those. She's midline. Like, oh, she's yay. like, oh, and oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. And I think um, this episode, just because it's a two-parter and they had so much to get done, they were running short on time. And so he knew this was going to be the only take, and he just decided to go for it. It's and really it's cute. Awesome. He's offering them all mints. It's, it's adorable. Oh, yeah. It is. And he's <laughs> sucking on them. Yep. And it's like, it's just, it's a great scene. And yeah. you can tell they're all tired. It's very, very yeah, cute. They're tired IRL and Yeah, and characters. acting tired. Yeah. Um, Xander and Cordelia, who has changed into sweats, uh, haven't found any matches that they're assassin suspects in Giles's books, but he's got one that promises better luck. Uh, this has, to, has got to be the Dremius Six that... The section that Kendra showed him, right? Oh, yeah. 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 The way he's like, I've got a book for you. <laughs> uh, Buffy's sharpening a knife and Kendra asks if uh, Buffy knows what secret identity he means. <laughs> so she's got two more people who know where Buffy, who Buffy is. <laughs> this is actually a double slam, too, because she asks if anyone has explained secret identities to her because Buffy obviously wouldn't have read about it. <laughs> Stuff. She's like it's an artist stuff. with her insults. It's she like is, Buffy's yeah. all over the place screaming and yelling, and Kendra's just like slash slash. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy snaps right back, of course, saying it must be in the handbook, along with how to remove your personality. Uh, Kendra's got her a crossbow, and Buffy warns her about it. But Kendra is a weapons expert. Unfortunately, she triggers it, and it kills a lamp. Um, <laughs> 
I'm thinking this is the crossbow with the hinky trigger that Dawn will mention way in season seven. Mm-hmm. Not its last accidental victim, that lamp. No, definitely not. Mm. <laughs> uh, Kendra, though, says that maybe when this whole mess is over, Buffy can show her how to use it. And it's really adorable. Giving it a little bit of power to Buffy. Yeah, they Buffy's get a, a cute little moment. Yes, and Kendra... Kendra, maybe diplomacy actually is a slayer power or something she learned from her watcher. Who knows? But that was very diplomatic, very nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buffy's thinking more about pizza and teen movies. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) speaking of, has anyone offered Kendra any food at all? I'm guessing that's a big no. Uh, <laughs> Xander has uh, some information on the centipede and apparently knows some Beatles lyrics, so good for him. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Centipede can only be killed when he in, in, is in his many, many centipede pieces. Then, just to make Cordelia feel bad or something for whatever reason, he mansplains to Cordy what disassembled means. Uh, Cordy is not into linguistic damseling, so she tells him to stick it. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra tells Buffy that their lives are very different, and uh, she was taught that most of Buffy's life is a distraction from slaying. She refers to slaying as her calling, which is a nice way to put it. Kendra digs being a superhero, and we dig her for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learn that Kendra's parents sent her to her watcher when they found out she was a potential. Uh, she was so young, she doesn't remember them. Uh, her culture knows about slayers and knows how important they are. Buffy gives her the sad eyes, and Kendra's all, enough with this feeling sorry for me bullshit. I'm a fucking superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and this gives us that knowledge that potentials can be identified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we'll see um, more how that works uh, mm-hmm. much much later, like in the last season. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it's interesting that they do have a way of identifying them and, and assigning them to watchers before they've been called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just put a, put a pin in that idea. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Buffy says it sounds lonely, and Buffy, please. Remember this conversation about Lonely Slayers, please. Please. Yeah. She won't. She never does. <laughs> as many times as I've watched this show, she never yes. does remember. <laughs> when we finally get around to our big reveal that we're working on about some of the uh, yes. metaphors oh, yes. that these characters are working on, this will all make so much more sense. It will. And it will be awesome. It really will. It's going to have to be like a four-hour episode. I think so, too. It'll be a very special episode. It will be a very Diagonese special episode. Club yes. podcast. It will not be a normal episode episode. No, nope, nope. yeah. And it will be released uh, in the same week as another normal one. Yes, but, so we won't miss any. Yeah, but It'll we are working well. on something very, very fun. <laughs> It'll be pretty awesome. For you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kendra says that emotions are weakness, and Buffy says her emotions give her power. We'll note that some of them absolutely do. But some of them, as we've been saying, take away her power. Um, which is why a super healing slayer had to have her, have her knee wrapped. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Kendra says that she's more about a state of Zen and Buffy says that Kendra's technique is flawless and better than hers. Kendra knows, <laughs> but Buffy, uh, <laughs> but Buffy points out she would have beaten Kendra eventually because Kendra lacks imagination. Uh, it's all about improvisation and this is fantastic advice, but Buffy's veering over into bitch land with her tone saying you really do have potential and that pissed Kendra off pretty good. And she says and that she's all ready to kick Buffy's ass. Buffy, though, has gone right past bitch land and into being a pretty awesome mentor. She tells Kendra that that's anger she's feeling and that slayers need the fire you can draw from anger. And well done, Buffy. Seriously, fucking huge kudos to you. Yeah. We've seen Buffy adapt, adapt to a lot of situations in a relatively short period of time. Almost every time she fights a new kind of monster or whatever, she gets her ass handed to her the first time. But the next time, she totally womps on it. And as she uh, explained to us in this very scene, the thing that sets her apart is improvisation and clearly learning on her feet, just like she did with Kendra here. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as a sign that Buffy has now accepted Kendra and grown quite fond of her after their bonding and stake carving, um, because that's how Slayers bond when they are <laughs> punching each other in the face. <laughs> Xander, Buffy's heart, comes in and compliments Kendra's knife. Kendra kind of pretends he isn't there because he's, she's been close to like a nun, but that's what that means. Uh-huh. The heart comes in, compliments Kendra. That means that he, she is now part of the group and Buffy herself has accepted her. Yep. Very cool use, Xander. That's great. And uh, we, we go through a whole bunch of jumbled stages of grief. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yes, we do. Sort of. Which they are yeah. jumbled. It's it's a it's a herding cats version of grief. Well, which is <laughs> what actual grief is. Yeah. Yeah. And then we come out the other side with yep. her actually saying, All right, fine. You're also a slayer. Yep. Cool. Uh, Buffy guesses that Kendra's watcher doesn't so much let her date either. She's implying, of course, that Giles isn't okay with Buffy's dating. And while, yes, he gave her some trouble about it briefly at the beginning, he seems pretty okay with it now, especially considering that she's dating a vampire. But I think this is showing us Buffy's adaptation. She's getting Kendra to open up by acting like they have something in common. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kendra says she isn't allowed to talk to boys. Uh, Buffy thinks that doesn't apply to beating the shit out of them. Nor should it. (laughs) Slayers beating the shit out of people should always be allowed. (laughs) Buffy remembers, though, that Willie hasn't been properly shaken down for all the information he has, and it's time for beating the shit out of him. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, Drusilla is still having fun with Angel, and she reminds him that he killed her uncle. Damn, Angel, even the extended family? That's seriously oh, yeah. fucked up, he man. obsessed. Damn. Once we see Angelus, we will know more. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, Spike comes in and says it's time. Drew points out her lovely artwork on the burn of burns on Angel's chest, and yeah, it's really pretty. Drew, don't kill us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Spike this reads almost like she flips the crazy switch. Yes, it does. Um, Completely so sane with Angel. Completely sane with Angel. Yes, and she's absolutely crazy time with Spike mm-hmm. because she's being like innocent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, take care of me, and it's uh, it's I'm sort of like damsel. Buffy's little yeah damsel. Mm-hmm. Switch I'm a damsel, take care of me. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, when she's with, with Angel, she's a lot different. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that even up through Angel the show. Yes. She's very different when she's away from Spike. Yes, she is. Now, she's still cray-cray, but it's a different... It's crazy like a fox. Oh, absolutely. It's not crazy like Ophelia. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if Ophelia was a vampire slayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the thing that she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> like a little crazy, a little mm-hmm. bit crazy, still dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Which is why she's such a great mirror for Buffy, the actual vampire slayer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Spike wants to get on with things, uh, not being interested in appetizers. Uh, Angel, <laughs> <laughs> Angel trying to push Spike to kill him early, pisses him off by oh. referring to all the times Angel and, and uh, Drew had sexy times. This is so good. I know. This is so good. <laughs> Especially with what we find out later. Yes, and Drusilla's reaction. Oh, yeah, Drew is, she always enjoys it when Angel acts all evil, telling him to shush and then growls and calls him a bad dog. Oh, yeah, and I, if I could bottle how she says that, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, she's so great. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and of course, uh, Drew is Buffy's vampire shadow self, and so of course she plays her guys against each other, and I, mm-hmm. I like it when Drew does it. Yeah. Because <laughs> she doesn't pretend to be a good person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So Angel continues to piss Spike off, giving us a little preview of things to come. Uh, Spike almost falls for it, but Drew stops him because she knows exactly what Angel is doing, and now Spike does too. 
Uh, Drew says that the moon is still rising, and she can clearly feel that the moon is rising, and that is a pretty fucking cool power, especially if you're a vampire. Mm-hmm. Spike congratulates Angel on a nice try at ruining the ritual by being all ashes, uh, calling him <laughs> Angelus, but says that everyone is ta- in town is pretty much doomed now. Uh, Buffy's beating the crap out of Willie, and I feel like some balance in the universe has been restored. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra encourages Buffy to hit him, and Buffy tells Willie that, that Kendra likes to hit. You know, see, <laughs> Buffy, you're playing bad cop, worse cop right now. <laughs> think, just think if you had a nightstick to smack him with, too. <laughs> And she'd also have oversight and rules. And, in mm. Sunnydale? Well, not in Sunnydale. <laughs> Just go from Sunnydale to L.A. Totally taken care of. <laughs> as we will see. <laughs> uh, Willie suddenly remembers some stuff about the ritual, but says he'll need to escort Buffy there. Uh, Buffy, this is a trap. <laughs> Kendra says that the next step is to return to Giles for his assessment, and I agree, because this is a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and shit. Slayer bonding is over, I guess. Buffy says that in the time it takes to go to Giles, the ritual could be over. And, and yeah, that's a valid point, but it's still a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy likes traps. She walks does. into traps all the time. She really does. Uh, Kendra calls uh, calls her on how the only thing she seems to care about uh, in this whole situation is her boyfriend. Buffy says it isn't all, but it's enough. And Kendra says Angel clads Buffy's judgment. And she's not wrong. She's 100% right. Yeah. And forever, <laughs> like the, all the time, mm-hmm. Angel will always cloud Buffy's judgment. Yes, and Buffy always clouds Angel's judgment. Absolutely, which is why they can never be together. Yeah, yeah. As long <laughs> as there's evil in the world, right? And they're always. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, because Angel gets rid of the only time there will not be evil in the world. <laughs> like, <there's, laughs> he's got one chance to make sure there will never be evil in the world, mm-hmm. and he gets rid of it. So <laughs> that'll it's never true. happen. Yeah. <laughs> that'll never happen. <laughs> So uh, Kendra says that they can't stop the ritual alone, and I love this. She's like, okay, you've got all these friends who know you're the Slayer, so let's use them. You're like, what's the point of sacrificing your secret identity if you can't go get them when you're outmatched? Good point. (laughs) But Buffy protests that Angel could die, and Kendra says Angel is a vampire and should die. And you gotta cut your Slayer friends some slack on this issue, Buffy, because everything in them is saying, as I referred to earlier, vampire, vampire Slayer. Dead vampire. Mm-hmm. And Kendra's like, why am I the only person who sees it? Well, yeah, because what we actually have, we don't have vampire, vampire slayer. We have vampire, dead vampire slayer. Yeah. Live true. vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it's different with Buffy. Uh-huh. She is always different. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to say, and Kendra's confusion here. It It is so too bad that Kendra and Faith couldn't have been Slayers <laughs> at the same time. Because, like, if Kendra had ended up with an injury that CPR could fix, too, because their phone conversations would have been <laughs> awesome. Oh, girl, I know. <laughs> like, like, why does everybody think I'm the bad Slayer when I'm not the one dating a vampire? And Kendra would be like, I could never figure it out either, Faith. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. It's very strange. <laughs> yes, but the PTBs had other plans. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but, this is, uh, but we're getting... The interesting part is we're getting a preview into the cognitive dissonance that Faith will also experience. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, we totally <laughs> will. Well, and if you've been along for the ride, like the Scoobies have, even right. though Angel doesn't, or even though Xander doesn't like Angel, he still understands. Right. If and you've so been you... along for the ride, it makes more sense. If you're just coming in in the middle of it, you right. say, huh? Especially when nobody is just going to sit down and explain it to you. Yeah. 
I mean, Buffy is not going to sit down and explain this, which she should because it's her obligation to explain this stuff to new slayers. Yes, but she's really good at the secret identity when it's like... When it's people who need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. When it's vital for somebody to know, she is really good at clamming up. <laughs> yeah. I will totally agree with that. Well, they're still an outsider. Right. You know, yes. she doesn't do well with outsiders. And like, she has her <laughs> internals. And and I've got to say, and that's fine. But when an outsider is the one who's going to kill the boyfriend that you would give up anything in the world for, mm-hmm. you probably need to explain to the outsider what's going on. <laughs> Buffy doesn't answer, but shoves Willie ahead of her and leaves. Kendra's like, good riddance then. And yeah, it's harsh. But to a slayer like Kendra or any other slayer who has ever lived ever, dating a vampire in Sold or Not has got to be a pretty horrific de- betrayal of her calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, aren't, they aren't called demon slayers. They're vampire slayers. Plus, nobody actually bothered to tell Kendra the angel has a soul. That's uh, true. So Although, Kendra does make a, a poor move in that she basically says, I don't care about your boyfriend. She says... You know, the only thing you care about is your boyfriend. Well, yeah. Well, he should die. This is not a good way to make a friend. Like, But at this point, Buffy's shown that she's not going to be friends with Kendra. That's true. Every I, way. I'm also <laughs> going to give Kendra, like, a, a, I'm going to give her a demerit here. This is not the best strategy for <laughs> well, talking like, well, like I into said, doing something. <laughs> like I said, d- d- diplomacy is not a slayer power. No, <laughs> it isn't. But if you want to talk her into doing something that's right, like say going right. to Giles and not going into a trap, this is not the way to do it. And But I... But at the same time, I mean, since diplomacy is not a slayer power, I totally see where Kendra's coming from because she sees things as, I mean, she's an old school slayer. She, mm-hmm. it, she sees things as black and white. You are dating a vampire Vampires are bad. I must kill vampires. Yeah. So, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's just, it's the same problem as, you know, like, what are you doing? You don't sneak up on on, right. you know, on people in d- graveyards. Well, that's literally all vampires do. <laughs> right. So, you know. Well, but but yeah. the result is you might get staked. Mm-hmm. And the result of not explaining things carefully to a vampire slayer who's new in town is your boyfriend might get staked. That's true. So, yes. I mean, I, I tend to think that the people with um the, well, the, the, stake in the game mm-hmm. to you know do that um <laughs> are the ones who should take it upon themselves to take extra caution yeah but we never will <laughs> no uh in the church shockingly willie has led buffy into a trap <laughs> two large vampires and the two remaining members of the this batch of the order of taraka a uh, good thing angel doesn't cloud her judgment uh, oh look some very pretty stained glass featuring monks they look like they're concentrating on something it would be ridiculous to call this foreshadowing wouldn't it Hmm. Fuck it. In keeping with our thought experiment, experiment in which everything in the show was put there intentionally, foreshadowing takes a vow of silence. Uh, Spike, in game face, has begun the ritual. Eligor, I name thee. There's that name thing again. Naming uh, something gives you power over it. And a nice touch, Spike is wearing gloves so he can hold the incense burner, which is called a censer, by the way. And uh, later, the cross, uh, without them burning him in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it begins, Eligor, I name thee, bringer of war, poisoners, pariahs, grand obscenity. We see that Angel and Drusilla are bound together. Drew is wearing a black dress rather than her usual uh, white buffy mirror dress. Uh, Spike says, Eligor, wretched master of decay, bring your black medicine. And Drusilla echoes black medicine. (laughs) Uh, Spike picks up the cross and holds it upside down. Spike says, come, restore your most impious, murderous child. And Drusilla says, murderous child. Awesomely, there's a dagger sheathed inside the cross. Yeah, How fucking just, awesome is that? It's very handy. And this little chant is very similar to our, also similar to our Ethan. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know. Well, yeah, you invoke and then you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, but it's, it's 
the echoes are very present yes, for me absolutely. anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I totally want one of those crosses with a knife in it. Uh, so, t- because Dulac thought of everything. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> putting Drew and Angel's hands together, Spike says, from the blood of the sire, she is risen. From the blood of the sire, she shall rise again. And that's going into uh, resurrection stuff. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Uh, Spike drives the dagger through both of their hands. It seems to cause Angel terrible pain, and Drusilla is digging it. <laughs> Spike makes like he's on the Food Network, advising a simmering boil in the low flame when got <laughs> conducting a health ritual for one of the scariest vampires ever. And we've made, made a note, Spike, thank you. Um, <laughs> Willie flings open the doors and demands payment from Spike for the delivery of the Slayer. Spike is a little surprised that Willie was stupid enough to bring Buffy to the place where he was conducting the ritual. <laughs> Seriously, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, Buffy sees Angel and is rather distressed. Uh, Spike sympathizes, uh, but he reassures her that in about five minutes, Angel will be dead, so no worries. Uh, Spike is, has also temporarily borrowed Buffy's quipping powers, uh, <laughs> saying that Angel has something Buffy doesn't have, and she asks him what, and he says five minutes. Spike! <laughs> that was fantastic! Good job. <laughs> He's having a good day. He is. <laughs> Uh, Patrice, to whom I have been referring as the big kitty cat, uh, pulls yet another gun out of her belt and aims it at Buffy. However, Kendra bursts flipping through the door and kicks, well, she kicks fucking everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Spike's wondering who this is and Buffy has her quipping powers back and tells him two slayers, no waiting. (laughs) And they take turns punching him in the face. And I'm going to start calling this the slayer. Hello. The face punching. Patrice has a nifty spring-loaded switchblade up the sleeve contraption. We'll be seeing something similar on Angel the series. <laughs> I think Angel's having an out-of-body experience that <laughs> yes. says, you know what? Well, he's kind of half-conscious. Like, <laughs> that's well, true. That's not bad. <laughs> um, one of the vampires is also menacing Buffy, but Giles dusts him with the dodgy crossbow from earlier. Uh, Buffy does a nice job fending off the knives and kicking Patrice in the face. Spike is holding his own with Kendra, and we can't, we can't forget that he's killed two slayers already, and Buffy had to be bailed out by Joyce when they fought the first time, so Spike is a good fighter when he wants to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, Giles is grappling with one of the vamps, and Ripper pops out and punches the crap out of Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Note that this did not hurt Giles' hand at all. Mm-hmm. Willow then jumps on the vamp, so she's getting more and more confident with fighting him, and that's good to see. Xander calls to the centipede, who apparently hasn't heard of traps either, because he starts after him. Xander runs into a room where Cordy is waiting with a ton of liquid adhesive slattered, uh, slattered on the floor. He slams the door, and they wait for the many, many centipedes. Xander welcomes them. Is this Xander's plan? It's a really good plan. Yeah, I yeah. think this is Xander's plan. Because Xander is construction guy. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. and But Cordy poured the stuff, so good mm-hmm. for her, too. <laughs> yeah, well, he probably said, I have an idea. She said, oh, no. And then he told her. She's like, actually, okay. I'll stay and pour the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Willow is still hanging onto the vamp, and Giles is still punching the holy shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> the other fights between Spike and Kendra and Buffy and Patrice are still going on as well. Uh, Xander and Cordy are squishing centipedes into the liquid adhesive and you know Cordelia didn't think she'd be doing that when she woke up in the morning. <laughs> to paraphrase Xander from a later episode, Cordy is having a very strange day. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra is having trouble with Spike and Buffy tells her to switch. They do and Kendra t- kicks Patrice very nicely. Spike is happy he'll be fighting Buffy and she's delighted to be fighting him as well. <laughs> uh, Cordy is jumping on the centipedes and telling them to die. <laughs> <laughs> Xander tells, uh, says that they're done there and they'll run in to help the others. Uh, Spike gets a couple of good shots in on Buffy, but she throws him into a wall, exposing where Willie is hiding. Uh, Spike grabs Willie and Buffy runs over and pulls the knife out of Angel and Drew's hand. And Spike has ADD or something <laughs> because he's all about biting Willie until, until Drew calls to him and he runs over to help her. Well, he got hungry. <laughs> yeah, Ma- I guess. Maybe Spike, Spike gets the H&Hs too. 
maybe but drew's like <laughs> she fucking yeah. pulls the whatever spike <laughs> <laughs> we will we will learn that if, if if something is not directly in front of spike's face he will forget about it he does have an object permanence he, issue he does <laughs> <laughs> Spike grabs Buffy away from Angel and Drusilla, and they continue their fight. Willie, finally getting a clue, runs off. Uh, Willow is asking Giles to hold the vamp steady so she can stake him, <laughs> and he does, and she does, and Willow adorably pats the ashes out of Giles's clothes as Xander and Cordy run in. Was this Willow's first staking? I think it was her I first think staking. it might have been, Congratulations, yeah. Willow, if it was. Uh, Patrice has got Kendra on her heels, but then makes the mistake of slicing up Kendra's favorite shirt. It's also her only shirt, and Kendra's pissed. We Channeling. have a great little, uh, my hair. <laughs> yes, shot my hair moment. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she channels her anger into her slayer power and she kicks Patrice through the wall by the church organ. Now, we may wonder what happens to Patrice. Is she killed when the church partially collapses? Nope. She gets kicked, picked up by the cops at some point, and the next time we see her, she's in prison, and Faith is smacking her in the face with a giant barbell. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, my God. So neither show says this is the same character. The characters have two different names, right? Uh-huh. But I am invoking the Cecily rule because it is just too <laughs> awesome, and it totally makes sense that if a prisoner is a former assassin, she accepted the contract on Faith. Oh, right? my God. Yeah. So there. The actress's like name, it. yeah, the actress's name delightfully is Spice Williams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, the Cecily rule. <laughs> Spike throws a torch in order to stop Kendra and the Scoobies and grabs Drusilla. He's not sure if the ritual went on long enough, but it's time to go in a big way. Uh, he's carrying her out when Buffy swings the sensor at him and hitting him in the head and knocking him into the organ, which pretty much collapses the whole structure on top of him uh, and Drusilla. And uh, Angel's awake and Buffy is happy about that. Kendra goes over to help because she's a nice person and because she knows Buffy won't leave the totally burning church without him um, <laughs> because they just spent longer than they should have staring into each other's eyes. <laughs> Guys, church is on yeah, fire. Stare on. lovingly at a later time. <laughs> and the really good guys all ran out, which is great. Everybody's fine. Uh, so there's a vending machine. Uh, did someone finally decide to splurge and get Kendra some food? <laughs> oh, no. It's just us. Seriously, though. <laughs> You guys, you did make sure Kendra got food and a nice place to sleep, right? I mean, like, not, not in the library. Like, I mean, yeah. you guys wouldn't actually let a Slayer go hungry and not have a nice place to stay, right? It's true. You well, I mean, guys. if we gave Empata food. Empata? Empata? Not Empata. Yeah, not Empata. Not Empata. <laughs> yeah, if we gave not Empata food and a place to stay, I'd like to think that we did. And we just didn't see it. But the next Slayer, they don't. It's true. Well, maybe Buffy's just bitter from not Potter. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> See, she fucks up puzzles. <laughs> she makes a Slayer limp. Fuck you, not Potter. Still resentful of you. <laughs> so Willow comes up and Oz offers her an animal cracker. She says, uh, uh, she asks Oz about his shoulder. He says that it doesn't hurt at all. Suddenly, uh, but he. But he does say that it hasn't affected his guitar playing abilities. <laughs> oh, Oz and his, his cool self-deprecation. I love his attitude about the band. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's um, really cool. <laughs> Willow helps him open his animal crackers, and he deflects her thank you for jumping in front of a gun for her. Uh, she continues trying to thank him, but Oz finds an animal cracker monkey. He points out that the monkey has a little hat and pants, explaining that the monkey is the only never-nude in the box of animal crackers. <laughs> 
Willow is rather enchanted, and Oz says she has the sweetest smile he's ever seen, and then, lest things get too heavy, he flips back to talking about the naked animal crackers and how they must be jealous of the monkey, what with all his access to uh, cookie couture. Um, <laughs> I muck you with my monkey pants. <laughs> Plus, all monkeys are French, and I completely agree. Uh, <laughs> And Cordelia, and I love this, is walking towards the camera, sees something, and turns around and walks in the other direction. <laughs> and then Xander comes running up and catches her. It's just the long, it is the perfect amount of pause between her turning yeah, and walking totally. away and him showing up. <laughs> he says they need to talk. They go into an empty classroom, and he tells her they shouldn't run away whenever they see each other. And she asks, why shouldn't we run? <laughs> There's some back and forth about who started the kissing and who was the unfortunate victim. And then they start insulting each other. And then, yep, they're kissing again. <laughs> With the music. <laughs> and looky there, Buffy has managed to pull her hospitality together enough to give Kendra a shirt. Not pants, of course. Uh, <laughs> even though Kendra's been there for a few days, just a shirt. And just because it got cut up. Yep. Well, I hope. No I hope one else I'm... changed their clothes at all in this episode. Buffy really. has by so, now. <laughs> well, yeah. Now she has, because she has her mojo back. Which means she should give Kendra a change of clothes. Yes, but if we're going with the metaphor, Kendra doesn't need a change of clothes because she's fine. She has a new outlook, so she has (laughs) a new shirt. So she has a new way of seeing things, but she doesn't need to change anything else, so she's going to remain the same. If she was in town, I would have given her some pants. I know you would. (laughs) But the metaphor doesn't hold up in that case. (laughs) We still have to be metaphorical here. It's true. Uh, Buffy says it looks better uh, on her own self and she's kind of teasing so I'll give her a pass but I will say I don't remember Buffy wearing that particular shirt but I'm betting it's it looks true. way better on Kendra because it looks great on Kendra <laughs> yeah. but again with the metaphor <laughs> oh I know I know yeah she gave Kendra some knowledge dropped mm-hmm. some knowledge on Kendra and also the Slayer thing is better on me I'm a better Slayer than right. you it's because she has to just get that little dig in mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, Buffy is making sure that Kendra will get be getting on a plane like a non-slayer, and uh, Kendra assures her that she will be. Uh, Buffy gives her some other travel tips, and as Kendra is getting into her cab, Buffy thanks her from helping to s- for helping to save Angel, as she should, because he's a vampire. Um, <laughs> plus, poor Kendra has sealed her own fate by helping to save Angel, and that really, really sucks. Yeah, it does. But, uh, you know, she she died doing the right thing. She did. Yes, just like Dresden. If you have read the Dresden Files, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, well, go fucking read them. Agreed. Because they're amazing. Uh, Kendra says that she's going to omit the vampire saving part when she tells her watcher about her trip because the Slayer vampire love deal is way too weird and Buffy (laughs) agrees. (laughs) Kendra has, however, noticed what a dish angel is, so she understands on that level. uh, Just not the cold dead part. Well, Mm. at least she's not blind. No, no. <laughs> well, none of them are. I mean, that's true. You know, but he's still a vampire. Yeah. Uh, Buffy jokes about getting fired, and Kendra explains that being the Slayer isn't a job; it's who she is. Buffy's wondering if that came from Kendra's, hand- Kendra's handbook, and Kendra says she learned it from Buffy. Oh, the irony! <laughs> <laughs> Buffy says she's realized that she can't really fight being a freak, and Kendra says that she isn't the only freak. And Buffy seems to have finally embraced this idea, and she tries to embrace Kendra too, but Kendra doesn't hug like at all. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> like, nah. No, nah, I don't, bro. I don't hug, no. <laughs> and you know, try that hug thing on the next layer, Buffy. I think I'm sure you'll get a much better reaction. <laughs> Probably more than you bargained for. Too. <laughs> it's a special hug. <laughs> yes, a special hug between two slayers <laughs> with ass grabbing. I suspect. Uh, Buffy waves goodbye and rather sadly watches Kendra's cab leave. Yeah, you, you won't like it when you have your very own slayer in town, though, Buffy. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> 
Uh, but we bid Kendra a fond adieu and start dreading what happens when next time she shows up. In the church, Spike is still alive but trapped under the rubble. Drusilla is also still alive, like really, really, really alive. Really, really so scary and alive right now. And now we're going to bring up that she is dressed in exactly the same christening gown, only it's long-sleeved and black. Yes. So she is flipped. Yes, she has been reborn. Completely mm-hmm. flipped. Yes, and she's in game face and tells him not to worry and then picks him up with one hand, knocking the stuff that was burying him off like it's nothing. She cradles him like he did with her when they were th- we were dancing at the very beginning of the, uh, the of part one and carries him out of the church. And she, of course, has her black dress on from the ritual and, uh, and it's on! <laughs> she is alive again. <laughs> and as we mentioned, vampires flip things, so her restored health is represented by her black funereal dress where her white dress meant she was weak. Yes. And now we and have our big bad for the season, or do we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, we're all set up for our big bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. Scary, scarier. Yeah. Well, and this one is actually cool because we get scary, scarier versus to scary, scarier. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very And true. at the end, we still don't know who the scarier one was, which yeah. is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, think it was Ripper. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think we've talked this to death. Do you have anything Yeah, else? yeah. Uh, no, I got nothing. Okay. Nope. I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> This is After All Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Peace out, bitches. And scene.